Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 267. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey Pete. Uh-huh. Do you know what time it, do you know what time it is? Peach Cobbler time? No, it's well, hey, wait, is it Peach Cobbler time? <laughs> I can go for some right now. <laughs> it was the closest thing to clobbering I could think Con- of. That wasn't Connor, clobbering. do you know what time it is? I, I, I'm sensing this is some wrestling nonsense. It's not nonsense. This is the greatest day of my life. I'm not going <laughs> to... And that includes his wedding. Um, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> I was very tempted to put the first dance under the Call to the Multiverse logo on the screen for this, just to... I don't know what that means. Be seasonable. Seasonable? Seasonal. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> the middling dance is more like it. <laughs> uh, Connor's here too, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm back. I missed last week, didn't I? Uh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, I just I mean that. Yes, this is this is, this is everybody's the, pleasure. This is all th- this is all three of us <laughs> back together for a change because Cara will be absent one week, week only. Yes, yeah. Cara's due to work. Cara's back off next week, but that's okay. Um, here we are. We're going to talk about some comics. DC Comics podcast. We get together. We talk about the books we read this week. Coming up on this week's show, we have Nightwing issue eighty three, The Flash seven seven three, Catwoman thirty four. Superman and the Authority issue 2, Batman Catwoman issue 6, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow issue 3, and a couple of Patreon books Connor's going to talk about, Noctera issue 6, and I will be talking about American Vampire, Survival of the Fist issue 1. So that is what's coming up on this week's show. But before we get into anything else, or possible tangent into the possibility of uh, uh, the chick magnet fell uh, appearing tonight on Rampage, uh, we do have everyone's favourite segment, and that is... Boo Hiss. The Comixology Top 10. I'm going to get more dramatic. I'm going to put on such a like a TV presenter voice, the more and more I, I do the intro for that. Let me explain to wrestling fans how I feel when this goes on. <laughs> you know you know when Triple H would come out and he's wearing a suit? No. He just knew he was going to talk for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. I'm just going, oh, Pete's... Got numbers. Do so, glad my hair next week now. So, so funny about this is that, like, for a second, Connor felt like, you know, in union with Matt because you were going to bond over not liking the top 10, and Matt immediately alienated him as quickly as humanly possible. It was just, a, that was beautiful. Connor, I made it as easy as possible for you to understand. You I know how this know makes you feel? Triple, whatever it was. You don't is. need to. You know how this makes you feel? Just, just imagine that every <laughs> yeah. Monday night. I don't have to imagine it. I have it every every Friday or Saturday night. <laughs> All right. What do we think? This is Comicsology's top ten at the time of recording, and we are doing this on Friday this week, so it's not too different from Saturday, but much better than when we were doing it on Wednesday for a couple of weeks because me and Connor were recording on a weird day. Uh, what do you think number one is? It's an Xbox. Did, did a Star Wars book come out this week? I don't know. I'm three months behind on Marvel. I read I read everything on Unlimited. It's a DC book. Oh, Nightwing. Nightwing is number one, baby. That's right. Batman, Catwoman. <laughs> I wanted to guess. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Matt. It was Nightwing. <laughs> Still Nightwing. I, I, I have to admit, like, I'm kind of glad Nightwing's selling better than Batcat. Not because yeah. I, I really despite you know having anything really against that book. Mm-hmm. I don't care for it, but I, I, I want Nightwing to do well. Nightwing is selling like hotcakes, apparently. And the best thing I saw this week, uh, and so someone shared this to our Twitter, at DC Comics Podcast, if anyone wants to follow us or uh, talk to us. 
on the Twitters. Uh, but so, some troll was asking Tom Taylor to like leave Nightwing as soon as possible, and uh, Taylor responded in sort of a peppy way, saying that he was planning on writing Nightwing for a long time. Yes, <laughs> thank you for that troll. And then, uh, and then Mitch Gerrards was like, "What about Rick?" And he was like, "Who the hell is Rick?" Exactly. Also, a great response. Yes, I oh. concur. So, uh, Nightwing is number one at the time of recording, and then it's the Marvel onslaught. There's uh, X-Men The Trial of Magneto, issue one at number two, and then there's Marauders 23 at number three, there's Way of X, issue five at number four. It's it's so interesting to me to see these still selling so well, given everything happening with with Hickman and these books in particular. What's happening with Hickman in these books? Oh, oh Hickman's leaving them all. He's, he's abandoning the entire lot. He's having nothing to do with Marvel. He's, he's off joining Substack with all the others. Oh, so he but got... basically, he came... He pitched this as like a, a three-phase plan for the Xbox, mm-hmm. and... He's only and on phase like, two or whatever? No, no, he's on phase one, and it's selling so well that Marvel said, we're staying on phase one. People like this. We're not letting you move on. So he's just like, God, oh. screw you all then. So it's the equivalent oh. of, say, him getting a staff infection and the, the, the company doctor saying, here's an ice pack. You'll be fine. This is more wrestling shit, Pete. <laughs> we'll not stand for this. Uh, hey, Punk's looking healthy, right? I, I haven't seen, we haven't seen healthy Punk in a long time. Yeah, for for context, for anyone who's wondering why why we're giggling, it's because today, in terms of wrestling, might be the most anticipated day in seven years, which which is why it's such a big deal. Um. Anywho, so number f- uh, number five, uh, Star Wars. Uh, issue sixteen, uh, uh, and then it's, it's kind of like it every every seven years <laughs> instead of every what is it twenty nine? But somewhere eighteen. What was it? Twenty one. Twenty one. I don't remember. Uh, yes. Uh, so, <laughs> Matt, do me a favor. Go into your Skype settings because Max, Matt, Mac, Matt's on a different <laughs> computer, uh, and just uh, turn the auto adjust volume off. Yeah, that, I knew that, I had to do something. Do that for me. I just thought it just occurred to me because I'm hearing a little bit of background noise. Uh, number six is Superman the Authority issue two. So that's doing something. Uh, and then we got Batman Catwoman issue six at number seven. And then number eight is Critical Role Fox Machina. Okay. Yeah, you're familiar with Critical Role, right, Pete? I'm familiar with what it is, yeah. The... Yeah, yeah, it's basically just Every so often, based off the campaigns that they run, they have comics now that you know the, those characters going on mm. more adventures. Yeah, okay, how does that sound? Yeah, so we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find okay. out. Yeah. I shut it off. Turn it. You know, turn it on. Shut it off. Do all that stuff. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm already did too many steps. And it's just <laughs> on again. Say, all he had to do was turn it off. <laughs> no. <laughs> number eight, Guardians of the Galaxy 17, and then number ten, uh, Lazarus Risen issue. Did you just go from eight to ten. No. Nine must have been a Star Wars book. No. Or no, Critical Role was number eight. Featured Jessica Cruz. <laughs> uh, I think. I think when you said the the Guardians book, you introduced it as eight. Oh, instead of nine. Okay, yeah. well that was number nine. That's my. That's... Okay. That or I imagine. Stop at the tongue. Uh, and then after that, number 11 is The Flash. Looking a little bit further down, you've actually still got Batman 89 uh, still on this first page. Supergirl is just after was that. that it's just okay. Oh, okay. It wasn't... Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't read any of my books from last week yet. It was, well, not one. It was just okay. 
I'm not like super in love with the Ren. Uh, Catwoman's on the first page at least, although a, a bit lower than I would like. Given that I do think it should be basically right behind Nightwing up at the top spot. <laughs> um, it's a shame yep. that it's uh, down in the early 20s, but hey, there you have it. There you go, that's Comic Solid Top 10. Not too bad. Not too bad. All done. Uh, I didn't see any news, but Connor claims he's got two news stories, so I'm going to like. Two, and then do you want an anecdote from Tynan's paid for newsletter where he's spilling all the secrets on Batman? You paid for that? I don't know. I'm, I'm not paying. I paid for mainly. I want his new comics. Um, but he's also including other stuff in there. Yeah. I don't know if I want uh, secrets from all the Batman stuff coming up. Maybe just the two I, new I stories. Do. No, 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 it's nothing coming up. It's about oh. you know, you know, uh, you know, like some of the five G dirt and stuff like that, and what ended up happening. And you know, he, 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 you know, it was kind of just an introductory one for now. But he's he's promising to to delve into some details that I can't imagine DC wants him to share. But, All right. Well, what's the news? What's the news? Uh, so the, the first one, um, Jinx World. Obviously, they made a big deal when Bendis brought that over to DC. Oh yeah, of that's, course. That, that, that's leaving. That's going to to, to Dark Horse now. Which that, that whole Dark Horse? Yeah. No, no, no. Never mind. I was thinking of who's Bendis show because oh. he he's no longer relevant to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a sign that Bendis may be on his way out from DC. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was saying his exclusive contract ended um, sometime last year. Which, okay. Uh, but I'm surprised at this, because this does seem to be like a... Maybe, maybe the relationship isn't as great as as we'd have thought. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if Sounds he's... like a real Adam Cole scenario. <laughs> <laughs> is it they're on a handshake deal just now? Yep, yep. Yeah, there's even more wrestling. Yes, shit. yes. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I mean, I would like maybe he'll keep writing some mainline DC books, and he's happy to just do his creator own stuff elsewhere, and that's fine. Um, but you know, Jinx World was announced back when he joined with DC, and I feel like we saw very little actually come out of it. I think we had one book with Malieve that I remember existing, and obviously there... reprints of older stuff. Yeah, it was well, like maybe two minutes. Two new ones. Yeah, there was there was cover. And there was another one, and then that was it. But that those um, those were both way back, right? Those were both yeah. in that first like six months, a year, whatever it mm-hmm. was. So, yeah, yeah. It, it does feel like maybe at least that side of this relationship's not worked out. And to be fair, I don't think his books sold that well. It was weird because it was like right after they shut down Vertigo, they were kind of stumbling trying to create Black Label at the point. Um, they were. Kind of time with young animal pop up imprints were kind of. I, I was I was more meaning uh, his mainline DC books, but I mean, yeah, I'm sure his drink Ball books didn't sell that well either. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of his Superman and his action and stuff. Yes, man. Yeah, it was Pearl. Sorry, uh, Pearl. Yeah, uh, I remember Pearl. Pearl in uh, and that was him in. Oh, damn it! It just disappeared. Stupid thing. Uh, him and Gatos, and then uh, there was reprints of Scarlet. Which I remember people being. I think that was the Malieve one. Uh, and cover. Hold on. It was Bendis and Mac. Yeah. So that was really it. So I guess Dark Horse just gets the reprint value now. Yeah, or they get what? to reprint all those, and um, they're publishing new books. They he announced a new one with uh, Stephen Byrne because uh, of course he steals all the good artists that I like. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Notice um, he didn't steal Rosmo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Is that right, Carl? Let's get more Rosamund to look forward to in the future. What's the next year's story? <laughs> um, this one I think is incredibly interesting, and I don't know how much you two will find interesting, but I think it's worth talking about. Depends how quickly uh, we divert into wrestling talk. Let's see we are planning on publishing uh, webcomics. Quite, uh, yeah, they're like with a webtoon, um, you know, like one of the big places for webcomics. They're going to actually be publishing themselves on there, um, you know, using all, you know, DC characters, presumably for free, which is kind of, you know, how webcomics usually work. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is, uh, I, I personally think it's a, it's a really good move in terms of, you know, trying to get a new audience. Again, you know, uh, has a huge readership uh, you know, yeah. built in, especially younger audiences. Again, this feels like another you know, step after their, you know, their stuff reaching out for the young adults and mm-hmm. kids stuff. Kids. Yeah, it feels like uh, these are like comic strips, right? Like putting your stuff out there in, mm. in smaller chunks. So, um, cool, I guess. I mean, I'll wait for them to be reprinted in one place and then just go through it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there'll probably be some interesting stories. I, 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 I doubt many of them will be stories for us because we're not really the target audience for that. But again, just interesting to see DC actively trying to diversify where it's publishing and what it's publishing and trying to grow its its readership base beyond mm-hmm. just us, essentially. Yeah. I don't really have anything to add, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so what was the juicy secrets from the, the newsletter? Uh, I mean, so far, it's not amazingly juicy, but like, because it's just the teasers, but it was stuff like how. No, no, no. So the, uh, this is the, this over is the promise, under deliver, Connor. Oh, 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 there will be more, I'm sure. I'll, I'll, I'll update you. But one tip that we've got so far is when 5G was coming up, he was obviously he was told, You are the writer on Batman till issue, you know, 100, whatever. That's all we need. And he didn't know much more than you know, we did at that point in terms of what the, the concrete plans were. He knew that, yeah, okay, they're replacing Bruce with someone else's Batman. But they weren't telling him more than that because he wasn't going to be on the book. So he was looking at it as, well, this is potentially, theoretically, the last Batman story of Bruce Wayne in continuity. And, you know, where do I want, what do I want that to be to lead into, towards a, a you know, a Dark Knight Return style future? He made Bruce. him broke. Well, yeah, essentially. But... <laughs> He was talking about how, they, you know, okay, he was pitching all these stories and they kept going, nope, can't use that character. Nope, can't use that character. And it was getting to a point where he, he would, they would approve something. He'd write an entire issue, send it off to the artist. You know, pages would be drawn and they'd be going, nope, can't use that character anymore because the plans for 5G were just shifting that much all over the place because it was just a mess. And that is the reason he ended up just creating all his own characters. So, you know, Clown Hunter, Miracle Molly, uh, Punchline. All of them just purely exist because editorial just kept screwing them around that much. They were just like, screw it, I'll, I'll create my own characters, and then it doesn't matter because I can do what I want with them. What's so funny about that is that once we get past that issue 100, the book started to include mm-hmm. so many other Bat Family characters that presumably were, unlo- mm-hmm. were locked away before. So it's just kind of funny in hindsight that that's how it worked out. I guess he's okay just revealing all this shit, or is going to reveal more of it because he's going to be away from DC, by and large. Yeah, and I have speculated as well that maybe, maybe the current staff at DC, you know, the, you know, the the, the higher ups, maybe don't mind some of this information being out there because it makes, it makes you know, 
Didio and Co, who were there before, looked bad. Well, and they were like, see, seems... we're doing so much better now. We, we made the right yeah. choice coming in here and cleaning up. And, and it seems like Future State was a cumulative effort to try to put a Band-Aid on the 5G stuff, right? Like... <sighs> Definitely feels like it was a bit of a stopgap in that we need yeah. something while we can kind of reevaluate our long-term yeah, plans it, it, and throw 5G out. If, if all the writers were expecting to be finishing their runs or mm-hmm. finishing stuff because 5G was about to start and then all of a sudden it wasn't, it makes sense, like, hey, okay, we've got a bunch of little things we can do if it's a two-month thing whilst everyone actually starts to work on their next issues that aren't right. going to be out for another couple of months now. Like, it, it just, you know, it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it makes it, like, for as much as, like, it was real hit or miss, when you have this kind of backstory, like, tying and saying, like, oh, you can't do that because of this, and you can't do that because of this, it's like, oh, well, looks like we came out the other side pretty okay. Mm-hmm. So, um... Yeah, that's crazy. It is. No, it's it's interesting. His the way his paid for newsletter is like seven dollars a month. It's gonna be like three a week. One of which I think every Wednesday is going to be the the Batman uh, newsletter for the foreseeable future. And then yeah, one of them will be here's the new comic that he's going to be publishing. Um, start. You know, some of the Batman stuff is probably going to be pretty interesting. Uh, this was already a lot of a lot. Of the first one was more just about how. He approached Batman, you know, his start getting into it, you know, he stood a bit more frankly about getting started through Snyder and, you know, what actually mm-hmm. happened. Interesting stuff, but the the continuity side of it is all coming up, he's promising. So I'm sure uh, I'm sure there will be interesting stuff that will mm-hmm. probably be on certain news sites or well news sites. <laughs> for for the listeners the, that aren't watching. Connor just used quotes. Uh, to so, be honest, the way he repeated and... it, it I think the the, the, the air quotes <laughs> were kind of implied. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> uh, so all right. Well, there you go. Uh, we can get into books then. We could just uh, fire straight on in. Nightwing, issue eighty-three. Tom Taylor writing, Bruno Redondo on the art, and this is very much a. Uh, you know, we started this this run, this arc, with a very heartfelt issue, with Dick receiving this letter. You know, I mean, not just a letter, but the you know, like the the piece of the will from Alfred, uh, leaving him all this money. And this issue felt very much like a, not a conclusion to that, but certainly the next major step in that journey that started with that mm-hmm. that will. With, with so now you're a billionaire. What are your plans? <laughs> Right, like, what? How does this change Dick Grayson as a character? Um, and without spoiling anything, I feel like it didn't change him. It just revealed that would be who my, Dick yeah, that, that, is. that would be my answer. Nothing. It changed absolutely yeah. nothing because he's still Dick exactly. Grayson. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, it's, it's, you know, obviously we left off in the cliffhanger last issue, so let's address some of this early part of the issue first. Uh, Blockbuster and all the police are outside. Uh, his new sister's house. Um, Zuko? Melinda uh, Zuko, yeah. There you go. Um, and obviously she's trying to convince him, hey, I've taken down criminal empires from the inside, you know, I'm trying to do good here. I'm actually kind of ecstatic to find out that my brother's a, like, the guardian of, of Bloodhaven. This is kind of awesome. Uh, and he's like, hey, you know what, I want to believe you, right? But it's kind of mm-hmm. a lot to swallow, right, at this moment in time. 
so let's that, just give them a scenario that makes sense. So so they sort of set up that her and her, her guy or sorry, her woman or uh do you know what it's cause she's bald, so from the back I just thought it was a guy. Uh, <laughs> so, her her bodyguard, her yeah. head of security. So they're tied up to chairs to little Nightwing's done this to them and Blockbuster goes chasing them, and I mean, I suppose before we get any further, just the, they are here, you know, as the Nightwing's on top of the roof and the helicopters behind them. So good, yeah, all this stuff is great. We we get like almost like just a, here's a classic Nightwing face blockbuster like fight sequence on a rooftop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Had it in quite a while, to be fair. Uh, no. Yeah, no, it's great, and you know, he's it, then it gets to the point where he gets very selfless because he's running at the helicopter with the Gatling gun. Um, you know, and Babs is saying, "No, we don't go away from the bullets." He's like, "No, I, I can't let it risk hurting anyone." So he dives at, and we get this full page spread of him diving towards a sea of bullets. Um, and then I feel like Connor's about to praise the the swing underneath to the other side of the helicopter. That seems like a Connor praising page. It's, it's to me. a good one. I I just want to praise the colors. That's where I thought you were going. Connor's always the one that brings up the colors. I, I do love the colors. I love the, here, the, the the bold yellow for the first bit that makes it stick out, and then the the plain white at the end. That just gives it a separation of the layers that really just like it makes sure you stay on the the foreground of you know mm-hmm. the, the the deep reds until you're done with that, and then you get right. to the white. I I just meant for the whole issue up to this point, it's pinks and purples and blues and just there's a mood to it, and and then you get to that one and it, they all kind of. It stops being like this layered different colors and they're all those solid, like you just said. So it draws you right out of the action. And it's, it's a very well paced action sequence with a very yep. big stunt in the middle of it that flows very well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, it has a funny beat at the end as well, of course, it's... where the, the pilot is like, hey, just handcuff me. <laughs> like, don't get yeah. me off. Don't get me off. It's also uh, the, the guys hanging from the, the helicopter. It's very Spider Man, which I, I, I feel is, you know. I, I think as well in the uh, the sound effects they use uh-huh. thump when yep, he's uh, tying them up. It's mm-hmm. so close that yeah. Yeah. So and, yeah. and we all enjoyed. I mean, I know me and Pete read it. Uh, Taylor's friendly neighborhood Spider Man. I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We all enjoyed that. So like him him stretching those muscles here felt pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, obviously we've all. I mean, Daredevil and Nightwing have been compared a lot as well, and I do mm-hmm. get a lot of the Wade Sam they run at times and they are. Yeah. It's yeah. it's kind of weird how much we've compared this book in particular to to Marvel. So we've compared it to to Daredevil. We've compared it to the Fraction Hawkeye run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're talking in Spider Man. Well, but notably, we've we... compared it to three of the best runs yeah. in modern Marvel history. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to say those, these are those are t- touchstones of comic like going forward. Like those are the the eras of you know, like I'm trying to say I'm trying to think of stuff from the '90s that wasn't bad. That we still remember, you, you know, that we don't make fun of. Yeah, I, I, I guess my my point there was just that, like, yeah, we're compared to Marvel books, but we're compared yeah. to three exceptional Marvel books. We're not yeah. comparing it to, you know, it's not like Avengers that, is looking like this every week, or you know, no. Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, which is out every other week. It, when, you know, it, it does make me. Oh, it's a weekly now. It does make me want Dick Grayson to somehow meet uh, Kate, just to see what that's like. I know there's a new Kate book coming, so I know. I'm I don't know who it's by. Excited. I didn't see. I just saw they announced it. Yeah, you know, you know my Twitter policy: see Kate, share Kate. Yes, that, that, yeah. that's it. So, yeah. So this is glorious, like you say. They end up flying off in the helicopter. Uh, this is kind of mm-hmm. his getaway, and he basically just collapses into his window. And 
you know, Babs and Tim are like, hey, like, you shouldn't have been fighting in your condition. Because uh, I'd almost forgotten that, because it was two issues ago now. But, you know, the, yeah, when he went to investigate uh, his potential sister, it was, you know, he, he was going when he shouldn't have been. He was hurt already. That was very much a plot point. Yeah. Uh, so he wakes up, it's two days later, and, uh, you know, Babs is... sleep for longer. He slept <laughs> for two days. <laughs> God, he just... Taylor just gets the dynamic between these two. Oh, it's, like, it's, oh yeah, it's really great moments. Yeah. Uh, so, Babs gives him an update, you know, on Heartless, so there's no sign of him. Uh, but obviously has big speech about what he's going to do with his money's coming up. So he, he wants to speak mm-hmm. to various people. So he goes to, to Leslie Tompkins, talks to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes to the Titans, like his new Teen Titans team. He goes mm-hmm. to Lucius Fox. Um, and then, of course, you know, you turn the page and I'm reminded very often that Taylor just gets DC, like the DC universe, and mm-hmm. gets DC's characters in a way that a lot of writers, or at least editors, have not allowed a lot of writers to do in a long time. It, and, it is that shared universe concept, right? Where, like, at any moment, this character can show up, and it would make sense because of the world. Uh, however, it doubly makes sense here with just who Dick Grayson is. Uh, well, so, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. It's not just that yeah. we're getting a cameo from a random other DC mm-hmm. character. It's that there's actually weight b- behind Dick Grayson wanting to see Superman. And I love the idea that he didn't call Superman because Superman mm-hmm. could fly to Bloodhaven in minutes. But right. no, Dick went to Metropolis. Right. <laughs> Climbed all to the go. way to the top of the Daily Planet building. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he knew, you know, like, because he's going to go see a friend. And I've, I've always loved the idea of, of their relationship is that Clark is essentially his uncle, you know, mm. like the, the one uncle that you can go to at any time for any reason. And they'll be like, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, so there's so much I love about this conversation. I love that Dick wants advice from Superman, right? Because mm-hmm. of course he would, because Superman's like the, the best of us all. Um, he even specifically says, because you're the most human person I know, um, <sighs> which obviously I knew was the touch Matt's buttons. Uh, but yep. then you have like, Dick not wanting to talk to Bruce about it. They joke with each other about how Bruce will avoid a conversation even though he'll stand up to Darkseid, which felt like a really human yeah. moment. And, but he's like, no. You know what? Tell him. Call Bruce, right? Or maybe text. <laughs> maybe text. That'll maybe be better for him. But my favourite part, though, is towards the end of the page, and this is the this is the shared continuity here, just, like, firing off on all cylinders, mm-hmm. is as he's flying away, Superman turns back and says, hey, I may have to, I may be leaving for a while, Right, and obviously, if you if you read action in Superman, you'll you'll have some mm-hmm. context for why and you know what, what that's building to. But he says that that's going to put a lot of a lot of stress. You know, it's going to leave, leave a lot on John's lap. You know, maybe give him some guidance. Mm-hmm. And there's something about the idea of Dick, who was once the kid who was looking up to Superman, having Superman ask him to look out for his son, who's now going to have to take up his mantle for some time. Just it has some feels. It has some feels. This is. This is what I was hoping, kind of the vibe for the the Titans Academy stuff. And it's not that at all. Just the idea of of Dick is that he was that kid, and now he knows what it's like. Therefore, he's he's the best one. And and here, you know, of course, that's not what that book is. But in less than a, a page, Tom Taylor gets that across, you know, just and it's perfect. Uh, Carter, put your mic back a little bit. You're breathing into it a, a, a bit much. <laughs> it just it hasn't moved. 
I mean, you've heard that too, Matt, right? There's some heavy... I, I did. Heavy uh, rumbling. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've got some congestion issues at the minute, so it's probably just that. <laughs> just, but Matt's talking about Superman and Dick Grayson, and it sounds like Connor's over there panting at the thighs, like, <sighs> oh, I'm breathing heavy, oh. oh sounds but... like Ryback. <laughs> I, I was going to say it sounds like Ric Flair on a train, but you know, whatever. Uh, so... <laughs> No! <laughs> I'm sorry, I saw that this week. It's okay. It doesn't write friends. It's fine. Uh, so, that, that that's kind of our like, dick going around the DCU for, you know, several pages. And, you know, the Superman scene's fantastic. All of it very heartfelt. All of it speaks to the character and just has his place in the DCU and his connections with all these different characters. And... What's so great about the, the the part of that Superman conversation, which was the the Batman part, where it's like, hey, uh, you know, I've not told Bruce yet because he'll try and talk me out of it, and they have their jokes about you know Bruce avoiding conversations, is that that was great on its own, but the fact that that ended, that got paid off by Bruce calling him later in the issue was a stroke of genius because it just it gave that extra context and meaning when it came later in the issue. So uh, we have a great little scene with Babs where he's acting all nervous and he's trying to like have a moment with her and she just kisses him to shut him up and then says, you know, go get him boy wonder. This is the exact line. Um, and it's kind of predictable. Like, I kind of called that she was about to kiss him. It, it kind of leads mm-hmm. up to it. But just fine. That's not a complaint. It's, you know, it's... No, no, it's... But it's his smile yeah. at the end where he, he goes from like... And Redondo here, just the expressions mm-hmm. of the look of worry and the tense, like how tense he is, to she just pulls him in and then he has this big stupid smile on his face after like it just it, without words, they, this team nails it. Yeah, and you know the, the tease that he's thought of a name for what he's about to do, um, which honestly was almost so simple that I, I don't even know if it needed teased. To be honest, I, I was expecting no. something slightly flashier than just the Alfred Pennyworth Foundation, but yeah. you know, obviously it works. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's basically he's going to try and eradicate poverty and Bloodhaven. He's going to you know set up uh, this foundation. Uh, obviously he's spoken to Lucius, he's spoken to Leslie to deal with different sides of it, with getting people mm-hmm. medication, with uh, healthcare, um, making sure that, you know, th- the money's actually going to the people who need it at the bottom of the, the ladder, as opposed to the rich, corrupt people at the top. It definitely felt there was a little bit of real-world politics, so I just, you know, seeped in it, here, in, in a nice, gentle way, not in like an overly... No, 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 but it, it almost feels like a con- continuation from the themes from Suicide Squad. Yeah, uh, but, but not in the... Well, I'll just say it. There's a railway. <laughs> so yeah, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah uh, no, definitely. In in the Tom Taylor run, you know, where where there was that plug. undercurrent there with with um, Blue Beetle, um, Ted Cord, and and all that type of stuff. Um, here, here is like, well, what if that billionaire did do good with now, money? I don't know if this next part's intentional or just a coincidence, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, given that we had. Dick going to Superman for advice. Something he says in his speech here reminded me of something Superman said way back uh, at the start of Infinite Crisis. Uh, there's a debate between Superman and... Well, it's the whole Trinity, but it's Superman and Batman right. specifically in this exchange, where Superman says, you know, we have to let humanity claim the ladder on their own, blah, 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 blah. We can't, you know, sort out their problems for them. And Bruce says, then what are we supposed to do? And Clark responds with, catch them when they fall. And the reason why that this reminds me of that is because Dick describes people as too many people have fallen in Bloodhaven and it's time we caught them. And I, I don't know if that's an intentional pull from, from Taylor 
or if it's just a, a coincidence because you know it could just be a coincidence oh. that's it, it could be i also took it as a you know acrobat acrobat thing yeah. sure yeah that's how i initially read it but i remember the conversation you're talking about it's at the very beginning of infinite crisis it might actually be from infinite crisis zero where they're all around maybe the, yeah they're all around the what's left of the watchtower satellite and it's it's superman batman and wonder woman right yeah yeah um, it's, it's zero one man, that's, or so yeah, that's so in depth. So inside baseball, I don't know. I mean, it could be Tom Taylor is a, as we know, he knows the characters inside now. So he's a big fan, obviously. That period yeah. is part of his era as much as ours, right? Of course. So, yeah. so maybe it just works on both, but it does make sense. But I took this here as the kind of the acrobat, the safety net, the whole idea of you know working without a net, and what what would that mean for you know the Graysons and the flying Graysons, rather. So, um, and so that's why he's like, "Well, no, we're we're here to catch them." Um, and no, yeah, I like it. We also get a wonderful continuation of this Bat Family chat uh, mm. app mm. <laughs> on, on the phone. So many emojis, Cass. But okay. she has a lot to say. She has a lot to say, yeah. and she doesn't. I mean, she could just type the words because the words that are typed. But, but it's again, <laughs> he knows the characters inside and out, so. If anybody's going to overuse emojis, it's it's cast. Right? I, I, like, I I love that this is the one thing that like da- even Damien can't be a prick about it. Like it can't be a prick about Alfred. Not, not that it's competition, but you win. Yeah, I mean it still sounds yeah. like Damien, but like almost any anything else mm-hmm. that that could go beyond a TV announcement for Damien would give him shit for. But this is the one thing he's not going to do. Yeah, for. no, of course not. He would he would have got the tisk, right? But Our yeah. favorite Damien sound effect. But yeah, like I say, the, the Batman calls him and says, you know, you did him proud today. Uh, it, it just, it, it, it has, like, it would have been emotional anyway. I would have felt the mm-hmm. feels during this final couple of panels of this page anyway. But because they set up how much Batman <laughs> hates having to phone people, and which, by the way, is the most relatable thing about Batman. Um, I was going to say, I, I don't relate to Bruce Wayne, like, almost at all, <laughs> except for that. That's the one thing. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's a human at heart. We, we know this. Uh, I don't really get the uh, the hatred of it personally. It's so much. It's so much quicker than, than long texting back of. No, no, just, no, no. Just it's the, thirty seconds. It's over. It's not instead of texting. It's just, it's just people. It's just it's not. It's not for speaking to people you you would text to on a regular. It's for, it's for like you you're like me. You you here having to talk to the taxi drivers. You here having to talk to the. I do, but I, I mean, I, people do this. They talk a lot with like having to email do emails as well they'd rather like you know email a company you know, back and forth 20 times just just ring it spend 10 minutes you know get over I, and I feel very much at work that this could have been an email as now just it could have been a text just i don't need to be around people just <laughs> tell me okay if it can know. be one email slash text absolutely yes. if it's right. a this is going to be a back and forth I'd rather just have the phone call and have it over and done with in ten minutes than have it over. Like two about days. Me, but I don't like people, and so if I don't you have to talk to them, well, uh, there's nothing about like you're adding extra context here that's not there. That Batman's message here could have been one simple text message. Yeah, right. You're the only person here adding in it could be a conversation with back and forth as you. That's that's all I, this is. I, I, I'm just extrapolating to the the. Not uncommon hatred of of using the phone that that people have now. 
I mean, there's not the technology that can send text messages now. The need to talk. The only person I talk to is my brother who lives in Hawaii. And then on my way home from work, my wife. That's really it. I don't need to talk to anybody else. Anything else could be a text. Yes. I, so again, I agree with Batman. And here, this is a very good moment that, <laughs> that, that of course, he's going to call his son. That includes like, Matt's priest. He just texts him, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Send. <laughs> you, think, you think I've ever been to church? I am a heathen, my friend. <laughs> Come on. I, I just like the idea of doing the confessional, but over a text. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go sit in the booth. I'll just send a text. Yeah. <laughs> Those boots are never comfortable either. Let me let me just tell you something. I thought that was a thing for TV and movies for until I was probably twenty-two. <laughs> All right, because that's how unfamiliar I am with Catholic churches. Uh, I, I know there was really confessional. Many. Yeah, most churches. Yeah, Carlos yeah. confessed a lot of sins in the in the old confessional booth. Oh no, <laughs> it used to, they they used to like make you go like every week, and yeah, this is when you're like, I don't know, ten. 11, 12, whatever. <laughs> you, you don't have anything to confess to a priest at the age of 10. Oh, hell. Well, Challenge like accepted. Being born without a soul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I can enter churches. I can confirm that much. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't restrict me from doing that. All right. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. All right. So, uh, the couple of other pages here one at the end, one just a little bit before the end. Uh, we see Blockbuster's reaction, which is basically. This won't do. Or sorry, to put it into wrestling terms, that doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> um, so he's he's not going to be happy about Dick's whole foundation thing. He wants crime to, of course, to thrive, because of course it does. And the final page is we get more of a tease of whoever this heartless guy really is. He yeah. he, he seems a lot wealthier than I think maybe we that initially uh, assumed. Oh, and apparently he's very familiar with Dick Grayson. So there's a tease. Yeah, uh, he's, he's got all his hearts and jars like on, on a yeah. wall. Yeah. As most billionaires do. Fizos, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Allegedly. Is that slander? Allegedly. Just just the case. So when he... Bezos got a lot of lawyers. <laughs> that, that, that felt totally slanderous. <laughs> Is it? Maybe it just means metaphorical if it's hearts. it's true, then yes. I mean, if it's true, it's we not We don't slander. know it's, it's not fact. true. It could be true. Which is why you say allegedly. It's, Schr- <laughs> it's Schrodinger's wall of hearts. they all just in a spaceship now like quick get rid of the evidence yeah uh why else would you get to space in such a hurry connor it's it's why it's why calgary is such a wasteland these days all all the hearts are all nailed to bezos as well all right that's it all right guys this 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 not going to get above that comment that's a hundred percent uh a compliment We're done. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> Nightwing, it's a 10. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what? For wrestling fans, that was a 10 out of 10 joke. For anyone who doesn't follow wrestling, that was like, what the hell did he just say? <laughs> I'm just laughing right, so at real Matt's quick. reaction of loving it that much. <laughs> to explain to Connor real quick, there's a very famous family from, from Calgary, Canada, called the Hearts. And uh, from that family is probably the greatest wrestler to ever live mm-hmm. Bret Hart alright I thought you were going to say Bruce Hart but okay fine we'll oh, go with Bret okay. I mean if I was going to push it I was going to say Owen but I'll pretend talk. I know any of these names there you go yeah. so the fact that if there's <laughs> hearts in a jar where we're going I, I, I follow I follow yes, yeah. there yes. you go no. just, there you yeah. go 
It's a really big family, right? There's a lot of hearts, and that, that yes. was the joke. Anyway, this rate Nightwing, which was a fantastic issue. Not gonna lie, I did tear up a bit towards the end when it got to yeah. the when it got to uh, Pennyworth Foundation and then Bruce calling him. I did too, but not as much as I did at the letter in the first. No, issue. no, I agree. I, like I was bawling basically in that two page. Yeah, yeah, that is that still issue. the the benchmark for this run. The fact that the fact that this run though has made me tear up twice. And its first Maybe arc six issues is is insanely impressive because most runs don't make me tear up once. <laughs> so fair play, Taylor. Fair play. Pete, real quick, I know I'm not to sidetrack. My uh-huh. wife just texted me. She might have seen a old WWE wrestler with a mullet. And I'm supposed to know who this is. <laughs> okay. Do you have any ideas? It could literally be anybody, right? I mean, if you go back to the early 90s, they all had mullets, so... Right. Okay, <laughs> everyone had say. mullets. She goes, no, you know who I'm talking about. I, in fact, do not. <laughs> Just like my, my friend texted me and said that they, they saw a WWE wrestler check in at the same hotel they checked into, and it was a tall guy with long, dark hair. I mean, okay. does, he, does he still have a mullet? Because that's maybe more notable. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but I just had to double-check with somebody else before I pop off and, and okay. yeah. So, um, all right. Well, what are you uh, That's a 10. Connor. I'm going 9.5. This is unfair, but I'm still holding it and judging it against that first issue of this run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just not quite there. It's not quite there. A solid argument is that it's not quite as good as that other issue that I gave a 10 to. But they all tens have to be equal necessarily. Yes. I mean, do the Olympic Committee know because a ten in swimming, or diving, is different than a ten in gymnastics? So not all tens are both tens in Nightwing comics. Yeah, but they're they're doing different things though. But if if I if I look at say, you know, my my favorite movies, right? Like X number of movies have gotten a ten out of ten. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying everything I've given a 10 to is equal. I, I can still rank them with them I mean, being a 10. Like, so, is the room doing different things being a 10 out of 10 than aliens? Yes. They're 10s for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> like, entertainment facts. So, solid logic. I, I just want to say anyone listening to this missed out on Pete's face there. And there was there was a bit of genuine like horror of, of like realization of where this was going as Matt was saying that that will never be replicated. Oh dear. Um, although hey, sh- the the room's a ten out of ten entertainment wise. Although shout shout out, I, I saw a film. It was actually unreleased, but Riff Tracks got their hand on a movie from the same director as Birdemic called Replica, and it was unbelievable. It was a special. Well, it was. Hilarious. Turkeys and vultures. Worse is a very hard thing to answer. I I, I, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. When the when the level is that low already, is it worse? Is I may say I may say it's more entertaining, and I don't know if that's just because it was a bit shorter, or if it's because I've I've seen the Birdemic a few times now that having new things at that level of insanity was just so funny for the first time that it felt better. Guys, he just said, having seen Birdemic a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. sighs> all right, did we all rate this? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. well, I don't know if I'd settled on that. Yeah, 10. It's a 10, baby! It's punk day. I'm giving it 10s. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the Flash, 773, Jeremy Adams with Will Conrad on art. It's just me reading this, right? The one's yep. cut up? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we kind of noped out. That's fine. I'll, I'll just read the, the proper Royal West Flash book uh, on my own. I'll have a happy time. Uh, so... Oh, I was fun with this still. Uh, last issue ended with Wally just sort of putting out a fire that had been started by Heatwave. If you recall, Heatwave found out he had cancer in the first issue, so put on his uh, his old suit and went on a bit of a rampage. And no pun intended for tonight's event. <laughs> so Wally helps out. Uh, the fireman says, now nah, you've done your job, you can leave now. And Wally's like, shit, I've got a job. Uh, I need to get back to it. So he took a job. Mr. Terrific gave him a job last issue where he's kind of the engineer for a team of scientists who are doing a bunch of wacky experiments. So he speeds back and he's like, sorry guys, you know, I had to, you know, dip out, uh, do some paperwork. And they're debating about why their experiment's failing, why their rods are melting so quick. And it, it boils down to like, Wally ends up having the answer. He's like, hey, you're using, uh, what was the, uh, I don't know what the initial material was, but he's like, hey, change it to copper. It's, it's stronger, it'll last longer, and the scientists kind of agree. One's a little bit of a dick. There's a redhead joke. Someone says the redhead oh, uh, might even be right. I mean, copper is less reactive as a metal. That's why they use it in construction. That, 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 is, that, so, is, that is brought up. What they were using? Uh, aluminum. They were using? Uh, aluminum. That's terrible. Aluminum. Uh, aluminum. <laughs> was it's two to one, Matt? Right, Carl's going to agree yeah, with me yeah, on this. It's, it's clearly aluminium. Yeah. It is not our Look, fault. We fought Americans in war two hundred and fifty years ago to not say that. Like, no, that no, 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 aluminum. no, 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 no. You fought a war for nonsense reasons that you were wrong about. You yeah, lost the eye in aluminium because you were cheap. Wait, how do you spell aluminum? With an I, because you dropped it because you were cheap. A L U. Minium. Shut up! All right, I'm. I'll get back on track here. Right. The point is, is that it, it's melting too quick. It needs to be something that yes. can last longer. So copper is the 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 trick. Um. So they basically say, "We're gonna go out to lunch. You can install the new copper rods." And he's like, "Okay, sure." Uh. And there's some jokes about on being bad with computers. If you also remember, another thing that we started last issue is this mysterious spear or sword that's flying through space. We actually cut to space, and would you believe it, Jessica Cruz? Uh, shows up. Oh, you recognize her this time. Shut <laughs> up! It was meant to be mysterious. In fact, not only was she like in hood with shadow, and it was like meant to be mysterious in that issue. This very issue, when she shows up, says, "Why is Jessica Cruz wearing a yellow lantern outfit?" Find out in the Green Lantern Annual 2021, which you might wish to know is not out for another two or three weeks. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it from all, you. All I'm saying is, if if our viewers could comment and be that's jessica cruz why couldn't you because they can remember solicits and clearly the cover of the annual which had her in a yellow lantern outfit was probably still fresh in some of their minds that would be my guess look don't give me it right all i'm saying is first starfire now jessica cruz there's a pattern you don't get to compare those two because you didn't read the issue and know who it was so shut your face still funny though isn't it the point is, is that they try to stop it with a big yellow construct, her and her partner here, who is a skeleton-looking dude with a yellow lantern, like, sort of poncho on. <laughs> um, 
Uh, but it goes, it just smashes right through the construct. So they're like, that's impossible. Shit, let's go tell Sinestro. And that's it. It's just teasing this, this flying weapon. Uh, but there's another fire. Uh, and Wally was so excited because uh, he was bored waiting for these rods to arrive that he was actually delighted to hear there was a fire. And then went, oh no, of course, that's terrible. But then he speeds off. And we get a pretty fun sequence here where Wally has to dodge the flames, save a kid. He's kind of nice to the kid. Um, does a water tornado to put out the flames. And when he finally is able to confront uh, Rory, he, he, you know, he's like, hey, what are you doing? Um, like, what, why? And he sort of like deduces from what he says that you were at the hospital, you're sick. Uh, it turns out that he actually has asbestos in his suit, which I did not know off the top of my head, but... Oh, man. Uh, that does not sound healthy. No, so no. That's, that's why he has cancer, you know? So mm. that adds up. I mean, it, being that it's uh, heat-resistant, yeah. it makes sense. However, <laughs> heat wave, buddy, you're not uh, Silver Age anymore. <laughs> He's also not that smart, to be fair. Yeah, so. True. To be, yeah, to I mean, be that's fair, why on Legends he is the Drax. But I wonder if that was a detail that was written in the Silver Age before it was widely known what asbestos Probably. did to people. So mm-hmm. when when we were demoing our floor, I had to double check the vinyl because uh, the the linoleum, right, to make sure there was no asbestos because they used to put that stuff in everything. Oh, my, my primary school had to be knocked down uh, yeah. about two years after I left because they found <laughs> asbestos in the building. Um, so I have like two younger brothers who obviously both also went to that school um uh, for the next like five years they were in like porter cabins for the school they had no school buildings they were like knock this down immediately yeah uh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't so, great. so oh yeah so i wonder if it was one of those things in the silver age where they were like hey this new space age material has suits made out of yeah. it and now in 2021 we're like oh no he's sick <laughs> Cars could have some really bad news in about ten years. <laughs> Look, it's fine. I was only at that school for six years. Five, five years. Five? Oh, no, boy. six years. Six years. Anyway. I, I, I missed a year from now. I was at a different school. Class, oh, okay, six I see, years. I see. So, so was I actually. I actually did my primary one at a different school, and then did my other six. Uh, the one that I was at. Anyway, uh, so Wally sort of like basically has a heart to heart with them, and like Mick actually tears up under his goggles and sort of like hands over because he's got like an extra detonator in his hand that he's kind of using as a sort of bargaining chip for a moment but it's a really nice scene it's kind of again wally reaching out to the villains because he knows mick's supposed to be reformed he's like why is he doing this now he's kind of kind to him to the point where the police who show up to take him away are like why are you being so nice to him um and he's like no people can change and you know hey it's just it's just really nice wally stuff um i like that they're dealing with like other characters around supporting cast wise uh, he realizes he has to get back to work. He's able to use his speed to get back and install the rods just before the uh, the scientists get back to the lab. Um, and they let him go early because, well, you know, he's installed, done his work for the day and like they're going to argue about equations and shit, so he can go. Uh, and then there's just a fun family page with him having dinner with uh, Linda and the kids. Um, and he cracks some dad jokes and it's all kind of amusing. Uh, the final page is actually just a, a nice little t- page to lead into other stuff that Mick's been involved in, because Amanda Wallace shows up. And I actually rolled my eyes and I was like, oh my god, is she going to shop at the end of so many books? But to be fair, all this is, is to, hey, this is how he ends up in the Suicide Squad for both that book and Swamp Thing, where he's been clearly in the Suicide Squad. So it's just a nice little bit of connective tissue hmm. to connect it to that, which is cool. Uh, but... Yeah, this was, I mean, effectively it was a two-parter that obviously has this this flying sword going through space that's going to be a big thing for the next arc, but it was a two-parter to establish, hey, 
this is what his new job is now this is him he's, we're going to be dealing with him reaching out to his like you know villains in society and the people around him family's going to be a factor it's Shawali West Flashbook and it is a solid 7.5 uh, and also, I think Will Cumberman's art is pretty solid. I think um, mm-hmm. the inks and the colours, especially for the Flash suit, look quite good. And because this is Wally, it, and I said this before when they first brought it back, but it doesn't have all those extra yellow lines that Barry's suit's had since the New 52. So it's a very mm-hmm. clean-looking Flash outfit, and it looks pretty good. Uh, so, I'm into it. Uh, like I say, the heart-to-heart, the sort of talking down of, of uh, Heatwave is a really good sequence. Uh and was definitely a standout in here that felt very Wally West in terms of the Flash story. So, um, 7.5 for me on this issue. So, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Catwoman, 34. Ram V and Fernando Blanco on the art. We obviously yeah. had the big cliffhanger. Quite a team. Bla- Blanco's last issue on this book. No! <laughs> yeah, I know. I did not know this. Uh, I I did not either until uh, mm. until Ramvi was tweeting about it earlier in the week, and uh, disappointed to learn. Mm-hmm. But why? Other I, I don't know. Um... I don't know if Blanco is moving on to other things, um, other projects. Obviously, he's been on Catwoman for a long time. Because you know, twenty five, on... right? Like on like no, no, earlier. He was he was on he was on a lot of uh, Joel Jones's run as well. Um, whenever she was right, that's right. Yeah. Well, this makes me mad, irrationally mad, I should say, but still. And yeah. well, be that as it may, uh, last issue, of course, ended with uh, you know Father Valley finally making his move, and Selena ended up in the water, possibly you know left to die, but Batman was showing up to save her. It turned out to really be him. He really is there. Uh, we start this issue with them. Would you believe it? On a rooftop. Um. Where else? Yeah. I, mean, I actually really like this exchange. I, I like their kind of chemistry here. It felt very in line with kind of like, oh, this couple who kind of were on a break, but obviously still have all these feelings for each other. And this is not like an awkward interaction or anything like that. Uh, it feels kind of sweet. Um, you know, do you know what? This issue is really smart because it makes you feel a little bit sorry for Hadley when Batman like, talks about how, you know, Hadley put on the bat signal and Batman's like, you've got feelings for her, don't you? Because you, you really care. And he's like, well, maybe I do. I'm not, I'm not really sure yet. But I mean, how am I supposed to compete with you? And he's like, you don't. <laughs> you're like, you know, he's, you know, Batman's right. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> We're never going to see you as a as an equal. I, I love that sequence. Just in the uh, the art, the coloring. It's just it's all just faded just slightly. Not mm-hmm. like massively. Not enough that it hampers your reading, but it's distinctly more muted than that first page that you immediately know. Oh, this is a flashback. Yeah, it, do you know what? it doesn't actually look like it, but it kind of made me think about Man Year One art in a weird way. Even though that wasn't it's faded. Flat. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just the flat. And I think the colours as well, because of the oranges and the, the, the yeah. yellows. You know, it's just got that colour palette. Uh, but you go back to, you know, the present day, and it's more, it's more of a direct orange in the backdrop, so. Yeah. But yeah. So Batman's done some research on Father Verley, or Carl Senke, as we should be mm-hmm. maybe calling him. We probably won't we'll just call him Father Verley. I'll never remember that. No, name. it's Father Valley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so so he gives her that. And, uh, you know, again, they have a nice little bit of chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because uh, she tells him about Poison Ivy, and he's like, yeah, do me a favor and keep that secret. And she mentions that Simon Saint's behind it, which I, I assume might even nicely mm-hmm. come up when you know he goes to see Simon at some point in Batman, because yep. we know that's obviously... Yeah, we got Fear State shit coming up. Yeah. Yep. Or even says at the end of... The... Both this and Nightwing, I think, at the end, both said next Fear State, uh, what I say. Mm-hmm. 
Sounds uh, about right. So, and we get this uh, two-page uh, layout, which the city, you know, the pr- pr- probably alley town in the surrounding areas specifically, and it's like all these like pop-up panels of what Father Valley has been up to and all of the planning that he's been doing and you know going mm-hmm. to Penguin. Um, and what I really liked actually is that this this should give us a reason for the uh, why he blew up that church at the end of the annual. Yeah. It gave us a very specific reason as the issue goes on. Yeah, because we were we were wondering why a man of faith would blow up a church, right? It was yeah, in the line of sight, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and so that that's what we know. He holds way more. Like mean, he can have all these Bible quotes, but really he's just about killing. Yeah. that's what he's good at. Yep. So yeah. You know, that uh, two-page splash, I I admire the craft mm-hmm. of what it's doing. I did not enjoy reading it. Um, the way that the panels are angled, there are like, you know, right angles, it has like a 3D depth effect. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the green pop-ups uh, with the the, the, uh, the narration boxes for those. It kind of made my eyes fuzzy trying to read them and like orient the angles in my brain. I did. I just didn't enjoy reading it. It wasn't pleasant. Uh, I, I appreciate this is very specifically a me problem, and I yes. expect yeah. this will not translate to most people. No, but the way my eyes just try to focus on this, I struggled with this page. But I appreciate the craft of it. Yeah, I think I was fine with with that. Um, I mean, obviously, if it's too extreme, it would be a problem. But it's just enough to get the effect without being. It was okay at the top. It was at the the bottom, right in the middle of the page, like that that panel. Um. Like the the bottom in the middle, just the one just slightly to the right. That mm. oh, that 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 got me. I mean, I, just even looking at it now makes my eyes fuzzy. It's probably because it's closer to the vanishing point, so it's more extreme and yeah. cramped. Um, so what I did not expect was Selena to go straight after him. Like that, that, that's not what I was expecting next <laughs> from this issue. Yeah, and, <laughs> and to do the old sword push closer trick. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, I mean she she goes in the window. Uh, he's like takes off his hat and coat, and it's like, all right, let's, let's, let's go. And we get uh, you know another excellent fight sequence in this 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 series. This run has had many of them, uh, with them sword fighting. Um, and not that there's an issue with their sword fighting. However, mm-hmm. being a a nerd when it comes to plated weapons, you don't sword fight with katanas. They're they're, they're a thirty foot long razor blade that will shatter upon impact. Those are used for, for, for parrying and and stuff. So the fact that he's going at it with a broadsword and the katana, I just want to point out. Well, it looks mean, cool. To be fair... I, I, I will say, he does snap it quite easily. Yeah, I mean, it's her sword to get snapped. So, I mean, it is... Yeah, but, like, we're, what, three, four hits into it? You know? Uh... Three hits and then he snaps it, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm just saying, like, yeah, it's... Maybe he's not going full... Yeah. You know, full impact because he's toying. With maybe, her. maybe he's toying with her. I don't know, but just seeing, you know, the right. katana like that. I remember my uncle had pointed that out for when I was trying to enjoy Highlander as a as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I've never forgot that fact as long as I mm. live. Because you were like, you dick. Why would you ruin this for me? Yeah, give me the prize, not that one. Do you think uh, when Selena eventually, you know, completely wins and yeah. beats Father Valley, she's going to write up? Selena three sixteen just whipped your ass. <laughs> yeah, she better. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, hell yeah. The Babel the Babel quotes just make it easy to make that reference. Uh, it, it is. Yeah. Uh, so so Hadley uh is, you know, at the church, there's question with the police why you know why why he blew this place up specifically. They're looking 
and they look at a map, but it's a specific type of map. It's a map for skyscrapers and like the the height. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what you call yeah, it. Yeah, it's a planning map. Height survey. That was yeah, the word. Survey. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, okay, that's interesting. And he's he's sort of putting two and two together. And it's basically we go back to the fight again. All really fun stuff. Uh, I particularly enjoy her the page of her jumping out the window and then whipping and then sort of coming another window a few floors down. I thought that was a really nice uh, sequence. Yeah, that was real nice. Uh, really cool stuff. Uh, and then we find out that there's a basically a, a sniper rifle set up with the you know a, a, like a remote right. It's you know, sort of an automated sniper that is pointing right at Catwoman's sister, and that's why he blew up the church, because it was in the way of where he was going to have his sniper rifle set up and where mm-hmm. she would be in the balcony. And, um... It's it, like, this can't, it tells me that this building now can't be too far away. I don't know wrong, the church is in the line of sight, but... And yet, yes, yeah, she sits in the same spot, but, okay, so he's accounting for, you know, wind and whatever, uh, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. during this, because it's on a remote, mm-hmm. he's not compensating in the moment that... It can't be stupidly far, otherwise he he would be having problems here. Oh, yeah. sure. I mean, well, yeah, no, I I do know that when when it comes to that, that is why usually most snipers have a spotter that yeah. does those adjustments and stuff. You know, then the farther the farther you get away, you know, this has got to be a couple of hundred meters at most. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah, which is why it feels believable to me that this one building was the main problem. Like, you know, every, everywhere right. else you could go was just at a bad angle or something, and right. like, yeah, you know, so. And it is called Alley Town too, which would mean that like it is a narrow part of the city, right? Like you you'd think like yeah. everything is a lot closer together. So blowing up the one church would improve the eye line better, you know. So my internal logic checks out. Yeah. So yeah, so there's the whole like, you know, lets herself to get stabbed and pushes herself yeah. on the sword to get to him and get to the trigger. Uh, but it turns out he had a second one anyway, because of course he's a bastard. Why wouldn't he? Right. Uh, and sets it off. But and he also jumps out the window here with a parachute uh, to get away, uh, which is a really nice panel actually. I really because like, mm-hmm. there's also an explosion, uh, which I'm sure Selena's is fine, but it looks good in the art. Like that that explosion coming out of the building looks really nice. Yeah, no, it does. It does. But it, I, all I could think of was Kite Man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after watching the Harley series, it's all I could think of is it's kite a parachute. Man. Come on, it's not a kite. No, I know. There's a difference. Um, so, so I'm, I'm sure you're going to get to the, the final panel here, because I don't want to spoil it. Sure, yeah. Um, so, you get there. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, the big thing is is that uh, Hadley's running up uh, to save Selena or her sister, whoever's there, when he sort of figures out why this building was taken down, and he's sort of diving for the sister, and then the final, you know, couple of panels reveals that he did push the sister out the way, but he himself is the one that got hit. And he, he looks pretty dead. He, he looks, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't think uh, he's coming back. No. Here. I, um, I hope he's dead, and not in a sense of I just like him, <laughs> but it would feel cheap if, if he's not. And I agree. If, if, it feels yeah, like a death. So and we, we knew, right? He was, you know, four days from retirement as soon as he told Batman... <laughs> about Selena, that he had moved here to help her and stuff, right? Like, we knew he was not long for the rest of this. Well, yeah, like, so, you know, the start of this issue makes the point of just making us like him a bit more than we did uh-huh. before. Just enough that, yeah, you know, it, okay, this, this feels believable. You know, the, the fact that he he goes to the bat signal and, and all of that stuff, he, he's getting these big character moments where you're going, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. And then when you realize he's close to Maggie, it's, it's like, oh, this dude's going to eat a bullet, isn't he? It's the sort of thing where... 
Like, I get why this character eventually was probably going to die, and this issue convinced me that he was. I didn't necessarily think it was going to happen at the end of this issue, though. Like, that still came as a bit of a surprise that it came so quickly. I definitely thought he was going to be collateral for Valley, like the final salvo yeah. for Valley. You know what I mean? Like, not here, but I definitely was like, oh, he's four days from retirement. But it, it, yeah. it, 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 it is smart, though, to give us that little feeling of, you know, like, oh, I feel a bit sorry for him because he is kind of this... Yeah. He, you know, he's... He's the guy who's always going to be pushed aside because he's not Batman. <laughs> and you feel we a little sorry for him. We just learned his name. <laughs> we just remembered his name. That's how we should have known. Yes. Because we, we used to just call him the, the cop that followed him. Exactly. Yeah. And, as soon as you learn yeah, the name. That was Hadley. And we're like, oh, man. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Them's the rules. It's a good yeah. ending, though. Is, is it, honestly, mm-hmm. it made it feel like a big deal. It, it, it makes Valley feel like a real threat again still because, okay, Selena was able to just survive the fight. But someone who we know actually died and hopefully is like properly permanently dead. So, so you know how in Morrison's Justice League, Prometheus ran through the Justice League, or was the JLA, mm-hmm. and then Selena dropped him with a whip uh, shot right to the crotch. <laughs> I would love for Batman just to show up in one punch Valley, right? Just like, you know, I think that would be a nice imagery. I'd be down for that. Yeah. Two things yeah. there, though. Okay. One. Yeah. I want the audience to know how much restraint I had there to not do the stupid Prometheus music from Arrow when Matt brought up that name. <laughs> How's it going, Connor? I nope, don't know. Nope, I don't no, no, restraint. I have restraint. Oh, speaking <laughs> of Arrow, Pete, heels. I did watch heels. I watched this with one of heels. It's pretty good. It's not bad. There's like, a couple of scenes that went into a bit of melodrama for me, but... Uh... Oh, big, big time melodrama. Oh, it's shit of Shakespeare. Yeah. But it's it's good. So there's some fun stuff in it. This is screwjob, big time. Yeah. Not, no. I'm gonna pretend yeah. I know what any of that means. And, fi- and funnily yeah. enough, uh, Punk's going to be in it. He's not in episode one, but he's he's popping he, up. He rabies. He's he's already put up the promo pictures. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yes. Um, Second thing. Yes. Matt, I hate you. You just ruined the ending of this issue for me. Why? Because I'm I'm looking at this pa- this last page now, and it, it's yeah. you know it's valid. Yeah, parachute now. And all I can think is him injured. And I'm just hearing Chuck from the Harley Quinn show going, yeah. hell yeah. Hell <laughs> just yeah. As going uh-huh. That's what made me think of it is he barely really screamed good Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's That was my first thought when I got to that page. It was like, oh no, Valley got away. It was like, oh, kite man. Oh, oh yeah. dear. Pete, you're ready to watch the show just so you can join in the conversation. It's so good. It's really good. It's a very good issue of Catwoman, uh, with mm-hmm. phenomenal art, action sequences are great. Um, yes, I I don't remember who's taking over for art duties. I'll, I'll have to go back and check the solicits for the following month just to find out. But uh, you know, be shame to lose Blanco. And I uh, I appreciate the touch that uh, there was the callback to. I think it was the first issue of Ramby's run, not twenty five, the first actual issue. I think it would have been twenty six, with the uh, the tiger. Um, yes, and yes. you know th- that being you know the standout imagery from that issue, uh, you know, and Blanco just yeah. killing it and kind of just throwing that back in here on on Blanco's mm. final issue was a really nice touch. I thought. I I will say that I don't like Blanco's. It is good. I don't think it is his best work. Last I, but issue I don't know. What's that? Last issue, but from yeah. Blanco was so like, it's it's good, but I don't know if it's the inks or the colors or does he do all the art? Is that uh, all him? I don't think so. Belair does colors, I'm pretty sure. I don't know about some, some of the stuff, it just felt a little bit off. 
and I don't think it was necessarily the line work, but yeah, it wasn't like it was so good. I don't think it was the strongest effort. He like, does a the... he does uh, pencils and inks, and then Belair does okay. the colors. Gotcha. So like some of the stuff uh, during the the fight, uh, where it like the the white backgrounds and stuff, I just in I, I actually the agree with, with Adley. It suffers a little bit being so bright. Um, yeah, it high, like I, I think Blanco has looked great in this mm-hmm. in this run. Uh, especially the colors have have done wonders for for helping his art. Though you know the, the oranges, the blacks, all the shadows. Okay. Uh, it, it's sort of the same sort of thing we say about uh, Perkins uh, on like Swamp Thing when when he was on Green right. Lanterns for a bit, where mm-hmm. oh, he excels in the shadows. Right. I I felt the same about this this fight where yeah. the light. Even though it was necessary and that was the point of the the sequence mm-hmm. from a from a narrative perspective, it meant it was probably not the strongest art we have seen. Yeah. Yep. So, but again, it's still very good. And when he gets back to the fight in the dark, where like she's tumbling out the window, you know, and she just cycles back in. Yeah, yeah. it's back uh, to being uh, top tier. I think uh, this is obviously part of the art, but a lot of this is just the writing. But I think. The rush of adrenaline, realizing she's going straight after him, and kind of the standoff as he's taking off his coat, mm-hmm. and she's and she's basically getting ready to square up to him. Uh, that's exciting. That moment, you know, is they've done oh, a great is. job of building up him as a villain over the course of this arc, or even two arcs at this point, really. Um, of like the slow build to him finally making his move, and then the idea of her saying, "No, I'm going to stand, you know, mano a mano, effectively." Uh, and it's not the end of it because he gets away, but he tried to kill his sister, which makes it even more personal than it's well, ever been. Yeah, um, most people that come after Maggie don't survive, so mm. you know, not since Black Mask, anyways. So yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see uh, uh, where that goes. Uh, Matt, what are you giving Catwoman thirty four? Um, I'm gonna give this an eight point five. Connor, I'm gonna give it a nine. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I will give this. I'm kind of torn between your two scores, to be honest, because I think they're both kind of mm-hmm. arguably quite fair. 8.75, you're good, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever introduce no, that option. No, 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 no. Yeah, the, the, no. two decimal places is too much. Uh, and even then, really, we have one decimal place, but you're only allowed 0. 0.5. You're not allowed anything else. <laughs> I know, I've tried. I tried yeah. to give it a 0. 0.67, and you said no. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with probably eight point five. I think. I, I think. Um, if in doubt, round down. If in doubt, round down. Um, I think that's a good because you never feel guilty about you know because uh, at least later if I feel guilty about rating it too low, then I'll know I should have rated it higher. Then I know how I feel. If I feel guilty that I put it too high, then I just I overrated it, and that's worse. That's a yeah, worse feeling. I feel. Going, going back and looking at some of the scores I've given movies, <laughs> I go, "Wow, I must have been in a really good mood on that one." <laughs> you, you only have to go back a week, Matt. Yeah. yeah what do you mean? I'm pretty sure every time I just see Matt's letterbox for uh, I know he's got letterbox, but every time I see Matt's score for uh, Kong, I'm just like, no, I don't know. Anytime I if I just listen to last week's episode, I'm sure we got Matt. You've overrated this book every time. Uh, again, again, part of that is to show how stupid rating things is. <laughs> the other part of me is I am just very uh, ecstatic when I like something. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know. That said, Rorschach, I will still stand up for that score last week. That was a damn perfect book. I'm going to oh. assume you give it a 10. Oh, it's I, phenomenal. I, I don't, I'm just guessing. I, I, honestly, the, having issue 11 of Strange Adventures and then Rorschach, like, basically back-to-back, and they were both, like, just 10s, was just... I mean, I mean, I mean I, did I give one an 8.5? I can't remember, but they were both phenomenal issues. <laughs> like, 
If I didn't so give... This is what you're talking about. Maybe you should have bumped it up. If I didn't give either of them a 10, I should have given them a 10, because I'm still thinking about both of them. Like, mm. no. So, that says a lot. Alright. Superman and the Authority issue 2. I didn't want to read this. <laughs> so, I looked at the preview pages and went, you know what? I don't need this in my life. I, I got worried when I looked at the front page. Like, not the front page, mm -hmm. the front cover. Mm -hmm. And saw the list of names. I was like, uh-oh. There's like four artists, yeah. That's a lot of names on that front cover. Yeah. And, uh, but there's a reason for it. So, yeah. there is. And it, there is, is, a, it, is, it is an oversized Wait. book as well, so I just was like, you know what, I'm good. But Matt read this. Connor, and Connor read yeah, this. Connor, did you read it? I read half of it, and okay. then I flicked through the back half. Uh, but I would not say I read it. I, thought, I, wasn't... I, looked, I glanced at the pages. I wasn't going to keep reading this, but then my shop gave it to me, because I it's Superman. Mm -hmm. And I ended up buying it anyways. And so I was like, well, I might as well read it. And um, I, I don't understand the point of this book. Like, I, I know we can, you know, hypothesize 5G remnants and whatnot. I, I don't get what the point is, especially when there's only two issues left. Setting up some stuff that's actually uh, going to come up in continuity, I guess. I, I would say more accurately... They already paid Morrison and Co. to make this book, so they thought they might as well try and get some money from it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, all four I of these guess... issues were ready to go; like they were done, completed. But just they, they just the way out. that it's paced, it just I don't, I don't know. So this issue, so the first issue we had, you know, Superman, you know, philosophically facing off with Manchester Black, right? Like in this, we get three basically short stories within this story of them putting together the authority. Um, and so in each, each story has a different artist. So you have, you have one with Natasha irons with, I guess we'll call her steel, right? What, what's yep. her? Uh, I, I'm assuming she's just taking the mantle of steel. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, and then we have another one, which is Apollo and Midnighter. Uh, and then the last one is Enchantress. Um, which I do say that one was, was on its own. That one felt almost like a like a story that would have showed up in like an annual or something. Uh, the other two, I don't feel really stood alone that much. Um, yeah, the moment I tapped out was the end of the, um, the the steel story. Yeah, so this is the Morrison I don't like, where he gets too meta for his own good. All right, so it's it's this isn't math. This is um, it's a similar thing to what we were talking about with Azarella, with bringing in real world concepts and being yes. too literal. Yeah. Um, I so guess, this is I guess kind of that. that. So we have we have Superman talking to Manchester Black about this team that he's going to assemble because whatever happened to the Justice League, we still don't really know. It's just not good. We did get a real fun page with uh, Superman working out to show that. Yes, he's not Superman that we know, but he still is, you know, not a mere mortal, right? So I thought that was done. That was a fun, also, I think, throwback to Morrison's All-Star, right, where he was gauging his power levels and whatnot. Yeah. So that was, that was cool. But yeah, so we get the Natasha Iron story where the basically the internet is given form through these nanobots, right? They're called something like right of course. Yeah. And it's just like like Connor just said, it's very literal. So like the bad, worst parts of the internet start coming to life, which then it becomes trolls, and then from 
trolls, it becomes edgelords, and they're just saying yeah. the worst stuff they can to Natasha, which, you know. The first part was it was it was trolls, and in both sense of the words, the mm -hmm. traditional, you know, fantasy creatures. Right. But the things where they were saying are things, you know, right. internet trolls would say. Yes. So she's fighting and then, them, and then, and then these things show up, and they're like, "Behold, Edgelord's Eternal." And I was like, "Right, okay, I'm done." Yeah, that's basically where I, I, I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna keep going," um, because yeah, it's Superman, and I already bought it, so why, why not, right? And, and then you know we get to the Apollo and Midnighter story just to, to to move this along, and it's basically Apollo thinking that Midnighter cheated on him because he found matches. With them and neither of them smoke so he's you know it shows that apollo definitely is way more insecure uh and in that he goes oh i would you know by the end of it they're taking down right a, a terrorist cell and um you know he's oh i would never cheat on you you know i in fact i got you an anniversary present and it, the anniversary present ends up him being on the team of superman who apollo really looks up to um and in that introduction it's Manchester Black talking about those two operating with the original authority uh, with yeah. some of the names that this I recognize. This is where it got more traditionally Morrison yes. matter. Like that, talking about the authority, um, Apollo talking about how, you know, he was inspired by Superman, mm -hmm. uh, you know, th those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the, the, the level I, I like. But mm -hmm. again, I, I was just like, yeah, I don't care about Apollo. I was, I was kind of just skim reading yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, they, they meet, and then we get to the last one with Enchantress, and this is the... Um, oh, the face blob. Yes. Um, so basically, we, we get to the point where she's basically having an inner dialogue against herself and her different personalities, and um, they're, they're appearing, uh, you know, to, to June Moon, which is her alter ego, as different, like, different scenarios. Basically, that one version's trying to sacrifice the other one to this ancient god called Dizamor of the Purple Plateau. And, you know, she's at the hilltop, which is supposed to be um, uh, supposed to be like a hospital, but then it appears as an asylum. And then uh, it, we end up... Man, this is where it's hard to go. It jumps from the art, which I think is... is it, more hold on i have to go back to the to the title page uh foreman i guess yeah, yeah travel foreman there we go it, it gets to the foreman art which you know can get pretty ghastly and you get that blobby face guy that's appearing to her and this, so, this was the most striking artistically because it was very yeah. clean and smooth mm -hmm. and then all the it was almost all greens and greens then and just reds well, it was almost all greens except one thing that was red and like that mm -hmm. and what that showed and it just stood right. out a lot. Right. Uh, but as the issue gets going, the, the more of the red peers in and that's where you get something's up. And then it gets to Hilltop Asylum and uh, it it switches over to the Janet art, right? Where Superman and the well, I guess the Authority now come in to save her. It's Apollo Midnight or Superman Steel. Um to save her from whatever's attacking her, uh, which apparently is in her mind, so I don't know if it's supposed to be this dark god or whatever. Big face is a blob. Character. Yeah. This is where um, I was not really real. I was like, there's a big face blob. Yeah. What? So 
And then that that's where it ends, where, you know, this is apparently the team where it says next Superman and the Authority in hell. No, 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 um, no, Matt. It does not say that. It says Superman and the Authority in hell. That's how it says it. So. What are those? Again, I don't know why this book's here besides why not. So, like, I, I, I know... I know there's the, you know, stuff might play into it coming up in action and whatnot, but I still, it's just weird. It is a strange book that I don't, I won't be picking up issue three of, clearly. Yeah, I mean, unless my shop didn't listen to me and they throw it in again, I, I <laughs> might not either, because now, now I have two out of the four, so like... That's uh, half. Yeah. yeah. It's nearly so, there, man. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the art... It's so I don't want to say it's I, up and down because they're all consistent. Like it's yeah, I don't not, think any of them are bad. No. Uh, some are more to my taste than others, but it's inconsistent yeah. in the issue. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm gonna give this a, a six point five. Just you know, yeah. I, again, I don't know why this book exists. Well, there's a lot of books starting over the next few months, so I mean, it's mm -hmm. nice to be trimming some of the yeah, the, the, the you know the, the stuff that doesn't need to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm okay with that. Hey, Matt, just to tangent you slightly for a second. Yes. Uh, it's a small wrestling shit. My new favorite Twitter account is Vince McMahon Googling. I don't know if you've discovered uh, I've, this. I've heard of this before, but I've never actually so, seen it. For example, but... one of the ones that made me click, you know, follow mm -hmm. last week yes. was after Christian won the Impact title. Yes. And the, the Vince McMahon Googling Twitter tweeted out Did Christian just leave for TNA again? <laughs> Oh boy. It's just That's a skull. Cool. Cool. The last thing he, he tweeted was his cult of personality written by Jim Johnson. Oh my god. That's good. I'm going to follow this. It's gold. Um, it's just gold. Real quick, my, my favorite hockey brand, Violent Gentleman, tweeted out or put out a picture of CM Punk wearing their gear and said, Hey Siri, play cult of personality. So even they're getting in on it. Yes, um, yes. It's, it's, if it does not happen, I've already warned, I am burning something down. I don't know what yet. Apparently, maybe a, my coffee table. A report from yeah. someone who's because obviously they're recording stuff before yes. Rampage, so the right. audience is already there. Right. Apparently, someone said that they've already seen uh, "If Punk's Not Here, We Riot" <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. sign. <laughs> yeah, 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 so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Ooh, me. Um, good stuff. All right, back to the comics at hand. Yeah. Batman, Catwoman, issue six. Yeah. Tom King writing with Clayman on the art. Uh, this, of course, it's maybe been hindered a little bit by delays because there's been some mm -hmm. some gaps between issues. And given that it's got three timelines moving any you know in each issue, it's a little bit hard to keep track of. Um, that's to say that I didn't enjoy this because there's definitely a lot of stuff to like in here, and the art is typically pretty excellent. Uh, so. Yeah, we have in the the past we have Joker mm -hmm. coming over to Selena's house and decorating the Christmas tree. Well, so <laughs> I just want to say the competing ideas of Joker and Christmas are nothing that I ever put in my head. Mm -hmm. Now I've seen him in a Christmas sweater and I kind of like it. <laughs> like I just the whole idea of Joker in a festive mood. Um, hmm. Yeah, and especially these lines I read in the Mark Hamill Joker voice. Because sometimes, depending on the Joker, I read it in the Heath Ledger. Yeah. When it's a little bit more dark. and But here, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the Phantasm, this Joker has definitely been Mark Hamill. So, um, and I, I feel the Christmas letter 
doubles down on that. I think it's because if, if the idea that Selena has this sort of weird friendship with them at some point, it's harder yeah. to imagine that with the Heath Ledger Joker than it is True. Mark Hamill. True. I think that's maybe partly why as well. Uh, Could be. But, you know, and then obviously in the kind of middle story, you have Phantasm has Selena tied up, waiting for Batman to come rescue her. Some gorgeous art here. Phantasms look great every time they've been on screen. Or screen. Well, it's screen for me because I'm reading it on a tablet, but, <laughs> you, know, you know, on page. Um, some, particularly that, the, the two pages where it's like Batman standing on a fire escape and there's this, like, glow of light from the street mm-hmm. hitting them. And then the reverse of that is looking up at Phantasm with the bat signal uh, behind it's... her. Really good stuff. Um, this is some of man's best art, I feel, so uh, far uh, in the series. Yeah, it's, it's glorious stuff. Um, you know, and then you have uh, Selena in the future, old woman Selena with her daughter, asking if she killed the Joker. I think that was actually kind of what we cliffhangered on last time in that time period, mm-hmm. was just her fly asking that question. And Selena kind of dodges it and just sort of says, hey, you got out patrolling tonight? I'll come with you. And she's like, aren't you too old for that? It's like, bitch, please. <laughs> I'm Catwoman. Uh, yeah. so that that kind of progresses that. I well, did. I was going to. Oh, on you go. On you go. On you go. It's probably still well, related. I was going to say just in between the panels on the page where they're sitting across from each other. Sure. The whole cat and mouse motif. Yes, 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 yes. I I love that because you just see this mouse going across, and as you're reading, it's almost ping ponging back and forth. And then on the bottom, when she says, "I'll join you," you just see the cat peer itself out and it's just like oh selena what's your game here yeah with, with your porn suspecting daughter but notably the mouse does get away down a hole mm-hmm. at the top of the next page so the mm-hmm. all the metaphor uh what i was gonna say is that we transition back to the flashback uh with mm-hmm. selena looking for christmas decorations because she's got a tree but no yep. decorations on it as joker's shadow is very nosferatu i i i, I like that touch oh it is isn't it yeah i got a very nosferatu vibe um, all of her ornaments are all cat-themed. <laughs> she sort of comments that she's a bit of a cliche of herself. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, and we come back to the fight, uh, which is, you know, not much is happening. It's just, you know, it's a debate over, you know, if Batman should kill Joker or not, because that's what Phantasm wants to do. Mm-hmm. And Phantasm kind of critiques that. that. That comes a little bit more later, though. Uh, Commissioner Dick Grayson, of course, is in the future. So he knows who Selena is. We know when he turns around and Selena's standing there next to uh, Batwoman, he's like, okay, you know, hey, Selena. Um, but this is actually kind of a hard, it's actually neatly, finally enough, because it comes out the same week as that Nightwing issue, it yeah. kind of actually ties in, uh, thematically a little bit, this conversation they have, where she says that, hey, you know, you, you were always the, you know, the the kindest, and, you know, even Bruce said that, and he never really liked to compare you, but, yep. you know, so, and he says, you know, she says Bruce would be proud of you, and so, yeah, it's just funny that it comes out in the same week as the the issue of Nightwing where everyone's talking about how great that Grayson is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she talks about the family and, um, you know, that he's, that Dick still has his optimism through everything he's been through was Bruce's greatest triumph. And that, you know, in Bruce's darkest moments, he looked to Dick as his guiding light, which I'm like, oh, and then, like you just said, that partnered with Nightwing so well mm-hmm. you know like he he's the best of us he's and then it, that's almost disarming to dick here because when she says you're a good kid and you're so proud of you he's like that's and it disarms him so he says thank you just thank you like he wasn't ready for that um which i think is a nice little character beat yeah and alternatively in the flashback selena's explaining to joker 
the how she stole her first the first thing she ever stole was one of these cat ornaments uh off the tree mm-hmm. at the orphanage um and joker and this horrific horror movie style panel looks through the branches of the tree and says selena mm-hmm. is there anything in you you didn't steal he's like and she's like yeah and then she sort of looks down and goes no mm. yeah <laughs> I, I will say too i like the idea of her stealing the ornament just to put it up every year like that was just the whole point is that like she wanted her ornament to add to the tree, you know, so she takes the cat Garfield-esque one, you know, and then and she says, and every year it would come back and nobody ever really noticed. But, you know, I just, again, character moments here. Yeah, and Joker says he adores her. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny that it's playing with the idea that Joker, because we always talk about Joker kind of being in love with Batman, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is kind of interesting idea that he's also somewhat infatuated with Selena. Mm-hmm. which would also explain why he's never just randomly killed her too so you can argue it, that this is partly like just explaining why in comics this has never happened but it does no, kind of work i like the idea that she's just as much of a puzzle as batman is and it's fun for him to try to figure out once he has her figured out then that's when he can do away with it just like with batman mm. it's teeth ledger at the end of dark knight was kill you what would i do without you it's the same with selena you know, just in almost like the opposite way. Whereas like you're such you're so bad, but you're good. And with Batman, it's like you're so good, but there's a darkness there. And with her, there's you're so dark, but there's a light. And even Joker can pick up on it. Yeah. Um, I do you know, I have to say this next scene, which is you know, back to the Batman and Phantasm fight and the, the middle story, is that I actually, obviously, we've had this debate with Batman many times where someone says, you know, why wouldn't you kill? Jason Todd obviously has this with him on a regular basis. There's a part, a part of Batman's response uh, to mm-hmm. this that I thought was really good uh, and it felt it stood out to me, uh, mm-hmm. where you know, he talks about how, because she, she says, hey, in wars, would you call every soldier a murderer? Uh, it happens all the time. And, you know, Batman says, well, the soldiers wage war based on necessary limitations. I'm not limited, so therefore I do not kill. Uh, and then when she sort of, like, hits back at him and talks about his... You do have limitations. Like, the fact that Joker keeps getting out and killing people is it shows that you are limited in what you're doing. And Batman's response, I thought, was really good here. He says, aiming for an ideal and not reaching the ideal is not a failure. It is human. Uh, I, I thought that was a really poignant response uh, and something that... You know, whenever this debate comes up and people get really cynical and say, "Ah, oh, Batman should just kill Joker," it'd be, it'd be over. Uh, that this this is where I really like the kind of the idea of like Batman's mm-hmm. idealism and like his staunch, you know. Well, like, stance like on he it. says, my mistakes—that's what fuels me, right? If I, if I did everything perfectly the first time, then of course there'd be no reason to be, you know, to keep doing this, and that's what makes me human. Because this, this is the anti-Batgod argument, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, the fact that, yes, Batman, you can have him do everything. But at that point, then he's boring. And that's why I don't like the Batgod. Here he's going like, well, well, no, the fact that, sure, I don't just get rid of Joker. But that's not my goal. My goal is to make things better. And killing Joker doesn't make things better. I think what I also like about it is that it coexists with Bat God in the sense that you can still have the Bat God who miraculously wins fights and like thinks of things and all that, mm-hmm. but this like human side to him, the actual idea of the character is still very human and grounded. And he learns. Yeah, so you, know? you can sort yeah. of have them coexisting without it like 
without them contradicting no. each other too much. But yeah, nice. I was not expecting this to pop up in this book. Yeah. Like, just because of the Batman I've gotten from Tom King, kind of like, I hated the I Am Bane story because it was very background. So I'm, I've been conditioned, but here, reasoning with Phantasm, and this is what breaks her eventually, right? This is what makes her pull off the mask to reveal, you know, Andrea underneath. So... Um, yeah, and yeah. Selena has something behind, and this was all kind of a ruse. She was working with her because she actually agrees that she killed Joker. And we know that yeah. she shares that sentiment because we've already seen her do it in the future, <laughs> earlier in right. the, 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 right. the story. Right. Much so much later, you know. Um, uh, I actually also really enjoyed this uh, page below here where uh, Helena and Catwoman are, you know, beating up some of the new villains in Gotham in the future. And Selena's basically doing the old woman thing where she's complained about how derivative yep. they all are. Uh, I particularly like Four-Face, which is a set of twins who both have Two-Face style gimmicks. But yeah, they're twins who got acid on them, read an old book, and just went with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as much as you love Four-Face, I love Dragoon, who's a goon but also a dragon. Yes. Uh, yeah. Or Polymath, who has a... <laughs> yeah. uh, what's, what's the, what do you call that shape before you said? It's like a... Dodecahedron. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, but I just thought it was a really fun thing. It was kind of this, like, comparison and the idea that the villains keep getting worse and cheesier and Selena's kind of, like, you know, cracking jokes Gotham, about it. Gotham, right? Like, yeah. um, what I loved here was them sitting on the world's finest sign. Mm. Like, that's just a fun little call out. Just mother and daughter sitting up there. And also the fact that Catwoman's wearing the... Catwoman, like the original suit, yeah, it's from the 40s. You know? Yeah, it's the, the yeah, original. like just the idea she dusted that off to go out, you know, yeah. And, and you know, eventually, you know, Helena asks her again, and you know, did she kill the Joker? And she says, damn right, I did. <laughs> um, and we mm -hmm. actually transition back to the past again, or yeah, back to the past. And when we see that the, the like, Joker's sort of saying goodbye and leaving, but it's all told in the reflections of the uh, the, the, the Christmas tree ornaments, and Basically, it's, it's just wrapping up the conversation they've had before, which is, you know, you, you told Batman about the bomb, and she's like, you know, you knew I would. And he's like, yeah, but it'd have been funnier if you hadn't. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's this weird amicable Psychopath. goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and I love how it's all in the, the, the bottles. Yeah. Right? Like, just this... Just the way that it's balanced on the art page. Again, this is some of man's best work, I think, to date. Yeah, and the final mm. page kind of sums up kind of a lot of what the this this book's been about because she shut this front door, there's a knock on it, and she sort of thinks it's the Joker again. And says, "I hear you," and no, it's not going to be like who is it? And then when she opens the door, it's Bruce, and you know, like it's basically just this idea that both of these people are such a big part of her life and her balancing that. Uh, so this is just a really sort of mm -hmm. neat bit of symbolism early on where she was seeing the Joker more often because she was in that mm -hmm. crime world but the, obviously this right. relationship with Bruce was just starting to like heat up just starting to go somewhere more serious it, it just that, that balancing between them and the, the final panel of just the laughter the idea that even when she's like having this what presumably is a nice moment of Bruce showing up at her door feeling the relief that it's him is kind of marred because in the back of her head this right. guilt over her her association with the joker she's, and yeah. just him being in her head so she's hearing this laughter in her head the ha 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 she's been incepted yeah yeah, like, yeah. So, so it's i touch. also like the please don't say it was to and then when she sees bruce she says kill me and like i just <laughs> the pacing i yeah. can hear that in a voice like ah oh, kill me 
you know, why you, you big beautiful man? <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that's that's a to be continued. Uh, yeah. Really solid. I mean, I mean, honestly, it, the weird thing about this book is that it's just not as good as Rorschach or Stranger Adventures. So it kind of it feels like third place out of those three. Obviously, Supergirl is now in the mix as well, which is weird because now we have that to compare it to as well. But it like, but because those two were already running, and because this is so far along, that's the two that we're comparing it to, and it is definitely the weakest one. But it's still really solid and still enjoyable to read every time I read it. And the art scores. Nice. I might put it over Supergirl for enjoyment, just because. Well, well I, I wasn't compared to Supergirl yet. I was, oh, I was, gotcha. I, I was just firmly talking about the other two. <laughs> gotcha. Well, when you said the other three, I, I did the math, and I forgot Strange Adventures is still going on. Yes. Uh, uh, but no, really, really solid. I mean, it's more of a, a Catwoman book than it's a Batman book. I know it's called Batman mm-hmm. Catwoman, but it's one of those things where it's just like, ah, I'll just still sell more copies if. You well, know. yeah, I so my my comic book owner, the the shop owner. I'm the comic book owner, but the shop owner of my shop was asking me about, you know, what, what's it about and if it's worth a read. And I go, it's it's weirdly Selena's Christmas Carol. Like, you have the past, present, and future, mm-hmm. all the different ghosts and what this means and how it affects her relationship with Bruce and, and stuff. And I go, it's really worth a read. Like, once it's all done, I told him, you know, give, give it a read. I think you'll enjoy it. I think it'll be even better in trade because you. Yeah. I think the gaps because of the three different timelines. It's mm-hmm. it, it, having to remember three timelines constantly is a little mm-hmm. bit of a juggling act. But yeah, uh, obviously reading it all the way through once you can will we'll probably mm-hmm. tidy that up quite nicely. But uh, what are you giving issue six of Batman Catwoman? Uh, I'm going to give this an eight, and and mostly on the man's art. I really felt drop like not drug it up, but propped it up a little bit more than normal so yeah i'm gonna even eat yeah i think i'm t- yeah i'm tempted to because i think the art's fantastic i was not expecting the great take on the batman why does batman not kill you know why does he stick to his ideals uh speech i thought that was surprisingly pretty great and mm-hmm. some fun stuff um But yeah, I'm sorry I just agree with the eight. I'm, uh, for whatever reason, I'm not feeling like going to the 8.5 on this issue. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just because the standard is so absurdly high right now that this just feels not mm-hmm. as impressive as it otherwise would. I mean, can, well, just compared to this week, I mean, Nightwing and Catwoman Yeah. Both, right? Like, I mean, just, just can't put it above over those. Compare it to other Tom King books, compare it to other books that came out this week, it just, you know, like, it's it's just it's yeah. a little bit lower down in the totem pole. But it is it's good. It's even very good. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's Batman Catwoman. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, issue three. Tom King writing with Bill Chris Evely on the art. Uh, I hear Matt likes her. Um, I do. Uh, that, that, that's good. I'm you know surprised. why? <sighs> that has nothing to do with CM Punk. Ah, <laughs> oh, makes a change for this bloody show. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it was a young Phil that- Brooks who went cave raiding uh, when he found fa- when he found these uh. God, could you believe? <laughs> oh my god! Phil Brooks is CM Punk's real name, uh, Connor. Just in case you yeah didn't get that. Okay, so Supergirl win of I tomorrow. I barely know who CM Punk is anyway. <laughs> well, well if you watch Heels, you'll know him as Ricky Rabies. Um, I'm not gonna watch Heels. You should. It's got Stephen Amell, and you love him. <laughs> you are twisting my relationship with Arrow. Quite significantly well, there. I especially oh, I forgot you love to drink. I especially yeah. enjoyed the I scene do. in heels 
where he looks at his brother's eyes and like they're going to have to have this feud. They're, they're, you know, their pretend storyline is oh. that they're you know hating each other. But is his it... brother played by Robbie. No, it's not unfortunately. Oh, but they're staring into each other's eyes, and you know they're they're, they're out there in the front of the crowd. They've got the mics and they're, they're trying to build up heat for their match. So they're trying to like really paint this as a brother blood feud. And Stephen Amell grabs the mic and says, "To beat my own brother, I'll have to become someone else, something else." And he just screams bloodlust. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, <laughs> it was way weird. Yes, for anyone who finishing maneuver. <laughs> for, for anyone who's not watched that i'm making this all up that did not happen uh yeah no yeah but um yeah supergirl issue three here uh so i really enjoyed issue two i, I thought the book uh you know once it, it you know once you had all the setup i thought issue two was a really solid uh traveling issue so i'm very curious to see how everyone felt about issue three and uh, now that you know we're three out of eight we've got a real sense of what this book is now and how it's going to progress issue issue um did people like it? I I still don't know what this book like. I get it. <laughs> it it's no longer just uh, True Grit, right? Because mm-hmm. this this goes off in a little bit, and now this is just parables. Now the legend like, of Kara and the, the and the truth behind. Yeah, it. and so if that's what Women of Tomorrow is, we're looking back at these are almost the trials of Kara Zor-El. You know, like cool. I just not that it was a chore to read. This one was a lot easier to read than than like, even the first. But it's that it's definitely yeah. a bit wordier because of the heavy narration compared to other comics. That's, that's my big problem. I think I actually really like this issue, and I, I understand what this. I assume book is going to be now in that it will be a different story every every month. Mm-hmm. You know. Along these lines, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So when, when, when you think about that, the first issue is, is how they met, right? And the deeds that led it. And then the second one was this big show of, you know, she took the red kryptonite pill and then, you know, became this this fire angel in, in the sky. And then this one was how she, you know, brought justice to a town, you know? Yeah. And, and, and whatnot. I, I really like what this story is. I, I personally really like the characterization of Kara. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I can see why it's not for everyone. Um, well, I quite like it. I quite like that she's, you know, very distinct from Clark in this book, as opposed to definitely some other stories that I've read. Yeah, she's not Clark Light here. She's her own. And being the survivor of Krypton that remembers Krypton, right? Yeah. I like that she has less tolerance for something like this, but we'll get to yeah, yeah, I'm going to say it right now. I'm kind of a fan of Kara dropping f bombs <laughs> left yeah. and right. Yeah. <laughs> it's working what for me. <laughs> I will say though is, uh, I wish this book was maybe seventy percent of the of the word count that it actually is. Sh- sure, that sounds that sounds. Like, but even his art do some of the lifting. I, I opened right? up, you know, that very first page, and I was like, oh boy, I forgot. Mm-hmm. I forgot what this book was. You know, in terms of the sheer amount of text and it's quite a relatively speaking it's a it's a fairly small font that it uses to fit quite a lot in those narration boxes so even though it's not tons of box i mean it's still quite a lot of boxes but even though it's not it's not covering up too much art with the with the narration boxes there are a lot of words in them and i definitely feel like it could be toned down let's say you know just just you know maybe 70 or 8 percent of where it is now and it would be pretty fantastic 
Yeah, I like this issue. I mean, I like the last issue a lot as well. So I, I'm, I'm kind of just like I'm getting the vibe it's going for with the narration. So I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of at peace with it more than anything. But, um, you know, this story like hints at something kind of dark, and then by the time you get to the end of it, you realize, oh, it is, it's exactly as dark as it sounded when they started hinting at something. So I didn't think it was going to get as dark as it did, right? Because I just thought, oh, this is a terrible for racism, and and then it got to. Oh, this is also genocide. Like, man, I, I didn't think it was going to get there. Um, and, and, it, and it did. So, um, but yeah, so Kara dropping F-bombs over that, I fully, fully yeah. in support of. Yeah, and also just how annoying these are. Cause they're, so they arrive at this planet, this city in this planet. A maple. Yeah, and they're looking for Krem still, you know, the, the bad guy who murdered... Uh, the Yellow Hills. Uh, Ruthie, I want to say the name is, the girl. Yeah. Uh, and the, the guy, when they first go to get information, did you have a prisoner here from off-world? We're looking for... He's the mayor of the, of the town. And he's, he's, he's building a house of cards. And he's barely listening to them. He's just kind of annoyed that they're interrupting him. To the point where he, he's like, look, you're interrupting business that I am attending to. And I'm like, you're building a house of cards, dude. <laughs> like, this is not... This is clearly not a thing. But her, her blowing the cards down with her breath... um. This is a point as well where where I felt like things being you know, uh, in the narration. It's like, oh, you know, I've I've seen it said elsewhere. That, you know, the, the Supergirl, you know, a woman of infinite patience, which is Clark, right? Yes. And, right. And and often Kara is written as, oh, it's Clark, but 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 a woman, and and that's about it. Uh, and here it's like, no, 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 she's she's got her own personality. She's yeah. different. Well, I like this. But don't forget, I do. As well. I, and I don't know mm. if this is canon anymore. She also wore a red ring, right? Like. So I think that's still canon. Yeah. So like, there, there's that part of her. So like, I do like though that she does have a shorter temper. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to a hotel, and again, the person's being kind of annoying. But the big thing that comes out of this scene is that when she's told she has to sign into the the the, you know, the guest book, uh, is that there's like a purple column and a blue column, and she's like, which one do I sign? And she goes, oh, uh, blue. And Karen notes down that there's like no one in the purple column for quite some time. And she just kind of like fobs it off a little bit. Uh, and I'm like, okay. And I wasn't thinking anything too dark here. I was kind of, obviously I was expecting some, this was going to become something, but I was like, okay, what does yeah. purple even mean? Like, I have no idea what that means right. yet. But when we get to the scene in the restaurant, the diner, where like the sign underneath used to say no purple's allowed. It was like, oh dear. Mm-hmm. Like, you just it sinks in like where this might be going and why is there being no purples the, the, the sense of segregation suddenly well, yeah like, oh, okay i see what this story well, it's is the for me it was the where they're talking and she says we're happy as peach pie to have you right and then kara goes why did they stop coming and it focused really on her eyes and it's like a glare and then the lady's whole demeanor changes it's, it, it and, does a a, a golem smeagol moment Yes, yeah, if you want the room, you got to effing sign. That's the law. Ain't no law says we got to have ourselves a useful conversation. So just right there, you're kind of like, okay, well, it's not just that purple doesn't sign anymore. It's like something bad happened. Well, yeah, but I think in that scene, I wasn't sure if purple actually meant a type of person. And in and, and, and context of like, mm-hmm. like race or species, I, I was thinking, oh, does purple mean like... I don't know, like a uh, VIP or like an important guest it, or something. It goes out of its way to tell us, or at least imply to us that uh, 
that the people of this town aren't the blues. Um, mm. Because you know they, they say, oh, you know, I, I think all blues, all offworlders are blue. Yeah. So it, it kind of okay, that's it. Oh, outsiders are blue. So you're thinking that okay, purple, they're they're, they're the residents here. They don't come because it's their local hotel. They 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 live here, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, there's some nice panels of them like up in the rooftop, looking over the city. Kara's kind of scanning to see if she can, you know, pick up a mm-hmm. a trail, catch a sight of Krem. Uh, then they go to the diner, which we mentioned. Uh, which again, everyone's very rude, especially when they start asking questions about the purple and blue and what that means. A yep. uh, bit of a montage of sorts of them looking through and asking various people if they've seen anyone. And it does that kind of classic thing where because they've been asking too many questions, someone tries to kill them. Obviously, they don't know that Supergirl's bulletproof. So, uh, right. And it, it does clarify a couple of pages later that there is a yellow sun. Now, admittedly, it does look pretty yellow in the colouring, but I mean, that isn't this, you know, like, that you, you could explain that away as like a, a stylistic thing rather than actual right. it's a yellow sun uh but there's a great moment here where Kara just kind of like you know wraps herself around uh ruthie and i love the narration at this part of the book uh where ruthie's talking about um like her mother not reacting or or being emotional about the death of her kids because she had like kids who had died before she was you know before ruthie was even mm-hmm. born and the idea that death would hear, and Ruthie just talked about how she had to let out a, like a cry because it was yeah. it was just so much, like all these bullets flying at them. I, I I agree. I like the story here, but this is one of those prime examples of just too much. Where like this is what three panels, and there's eight narration boxes packed all the like, way. See, but I this like down the four story. Or five. And yet, then we get in on Ruthie's culture though about gentleman death. And just how mm-hmm. basically life on the frontier, you just accept it. And that her mom was so hardened by it, she's like, I'm not gonna cry in the gentleman's presence. I like that. However, in this scene where we just need Kara to cover her, you know what I mean? Like it is a lot. So like I understand it and I like it, but yeah. Um yeah. I want <laughs> Evely's art just to kinda do some of the lifting here. But it also notes here that, you know, this is not this isn't hella fear. <laughs> it wasn't about right. being af- afraid. It was more about the absurdity of just how much the universe mm-hmm. is both trying to, like, you know, yep. kill them <laughs> and protect them. Uh, you know, because she, she noticed that, yeah, if, if, if this happened without Kara being the one that was there to, like, shield her, like, she'd just be dead. She'd, she'd be a puddle on the floor uh, with the amount of gunfire that's coming in. Um, so, a lot of good stuff here. Uh, Kara goes in, demands answers, smashes the desk, uh, all the rest of it. It's like, okay, we're going to have to look throughout the planet and find out what we can. And because they're under a yellow sun, Kara can fly again. So she's like, look, you're going to have to piggyback. And uh, I think one of my favorite parts of art here is the full page spread when they take off. Because there's a lot of build up in the narration to like, you know, the flying. Because the mm-hmm. narration is like, oh, you know, we, we took ships, we took, you know, we walked, we took, you know, ground vehicles. But, you know, this was like, you know, desperate times. This was all about making me not feel like unsafe or uncomfortable, but this just this is the last resort. We have to just go for a, a flyby and see what we can find. And I think that full page spread, the expression on Ruthie's face on Kara's back of mm-hmm. like, oh shit, I was not expecting this feeling of like not, not like this. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, how cold it probably is, how much like the impact to the wind hitting her probably is like. Well, here's the thing: I've always thought that when a Kryptonian. Why is they kind of have like this aura 
And then if you're in there, it, it you know, it goes to you. So, like, when Superman's carrying Lois or whatever, she's kind of, no, I don't want to say immune. It still affects her, but not as much. I just it's almost like a natural that, huh? windshield built in. Yeah, I don't, you know? I, don't th- I don't think that. I just assume he's never going so fast that it would cause any, like, yeah, maybe. You know, I don't know. damage or, like, anything too uncomfortable. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Kara and Clark are both aware of how fast they can go before it's going to yeah, cause this, trouble. Yeah, this is kind of one of those points where I, I don't need everything explained personally. I'm, I, I can just take some. You can fly sure. with them and they're fine. I can just accept it. It's common. I'm, I'm, I'm mainly talking headcanon. I don't need, like, Philip Kennedy Johnson, or as we call him here, PKJ. Uh, I, I don't need him explaining that. I just, in my head, that's just how it works. You know? <laughs> Uh, but I really like this page, uh, and the build-up to it. And of course the dark part is that they, they find the mass grave. Um, mm-hmm. But it's actually, like, you know, so Kara goes back, grabs the mayor or whoever, and demands answers. And the answers is actually more of a story, because I, I was thinking, oh, okay, so they've killed this other, mm-hmm. you know, race that lived on this planet. But it's actually an even darker, more complex yep. story, where this race of beings, um, the brigands, the brigands just go around committing genocide. But if you're rich enough and can offer enough stuff, they might let you live and just leave instead. Um, yeah. and they didn't have enough to offer them, but it was actually uh, Krem who was arrested on this planet and was sitting in the jail cell who came up with the solution. He said, Hey, why don't you offer them? A little of both. You can afford maybe half of what they're asking, and then you can let them kill half the people. And of course, they just picked the you know the, the half they didn't right. like. You know because they've got yeah, the separation. Yeah, second-class citizens, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, and sure enough, uh, it's, it's just this awful thing. It's just like, okay, this villain who like obviously we already wanted them caught because right. he killed her father because he was obviously very villainous before. He's destroyed crypto, right? Now he's actively like, hey, why not a spot of genocide? Like, you know, that, that's basically... Here's here's my problem with this one, because I feel like in the grand scheme of the story, as we're reading it, sure, it's easy to make cram that guy, but I almost feel like in what the story is, is a parable of the labors of Kara, basically. Krim is just that, that antagonist character, right? Like, maybe in the... To, to Ruthie, it was Krim, but it really wasn't in reality. But as she's telling the story, she's like, oh, yeah, and Krim happened to be there. Because, like, I know they're following his trail, but if this is going to happen every time that Krim also participated she, she, in... She, uh, Krem is the, the minotaur to Ruthie's Ariadne with, yeah. with Kara being Theseus. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think obviously Crime yeah. is he's less a character and he's more the idea of a character because he's built up so much. Right. Which, which I don't think is right. a bad That's... thing because I think because of the way that the story's focused and because it's all coming from this, the narration of this person who was a mm-hmm. child when this was all happening, the idea of him right. being this mythical villainous force, it kind of works right. in the context of the story, I think. No, I think it works. It definitely works. But just if, like, if every issue it's going to be like, oh yeah, and Krim also did this also really terrible thing, and he's responsible for all the evil that I'm experiencing. Well, I mean, to, I be, just, to be fair, he didn't, you know, didn't find anything new he did last issue, so it's not every issue I think, already. I think what's important here as well is he's not responsible for all the evil uh-huh. here. 
The evil was already happening. He just changed the form of it to something arguably more sinister. It, um, it showed how cold he is because he was able to sort of just look at it from a mathematical point of view. Uh, yeah. And, and he was he was able to go, you could sacrifice a lot, and you know he can get to go free himself in return. Yeah, yeah. He hitched the ride. Basically, right. the the genocidal maniacs were so impressed by his his killing skills, his thought process yeah. that they they gave him a gave him we, a ride. We, uh, we could use a fellow like you on board. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I I I dug this issue. I think it it, it I think these all being relatively standalone chapters, although obviously still building to a whole, uh, is working for it, because I think this issue and last issue both presented ideas, had sort of arcs in and of themselves, had mysteries that sort of got un- you know unraveled by the end of the issue, uh, and presented us with a, a bunch of good Kara moments, I think. So, uh, I, see, I mean, don't get me wrong, I still think Strange Adventures and Rorschach are both better books, but I think I would put this above uh, Batman Catwoman. Like, I think I'm there. Uh, three issues in. Mm. So, you know, uh, t- take that for for what you will. I will I will say that the thing that I really like that sums up this everything is where she goes, it's too big, we're too small. Nah, that's a nice moment too. Yeah, it's a really I, nice moment. I, it's as, such a, as it's zooming out and they're uh, getting yeah, smaller and smaller. Yep. Yeah. So, that's really like moment. that moment. Nah, that's good stuff. Matt, what are you giving it? What are you giving Supergirl? Girl, I'm, I'm going to give this an 8. Um, it, it's so real good. You know, not as good as I want it to be, of course, but it's so good. Connor? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I sounded more positive than Matt throughout most of that, mm-hmm. um, but I'm also giving it an 8. Uh, would Like I say, this book could have been capable of an 8.5 or a 9 with less words. Uh, I am going with the 8.5. I think that's perfectly kind of where it's sitting for me right now. Uh, I- I'm digging it. Uh, but it's a testament to the range of King's like miniseries that it's like, I mean, it's what fourth for me, uh, you know, including Mister Miracle, Strange Adventures, and Rorschach. Not, mm-hmm. not that they're in that order. I'd have to really think about <laughs> order they're in. But uh, this is only fourth as of now. We'll see how it where it goes from here. But uh, I, I do like it more than Batman Catwoman, which I'm still enjoying. So I will say, I definitely like it more than Omega Man, which I couldn't finish. Well, I have, I have not, issues. I've not read that, so I can't count. I, I got three I, issues in, and I was just like, I, I can't. This do not, not understand the price for that book. Uh, yeah, it was it was very difficult. I still have to read Vision, which I hear is very good. Ah, yes, I, I have to read Vision too. I'll I'll get around to Vision at some point. Yeah. Um, I, I you know maybe if one division was even better, it may have put me in the mood to read it. But uh, yeah, division a whole lot. I like to until the end, kind of shut the bed of it. But <laughs> well, is what Vision, it is. Vision, the comic does not yes. do that. I, I, uh, I, I trusted it wouldn't. I trusted you, it wouldn't. You you watching What If, Pete? Or you, you tap out on animation? Yeah, I'm not inspired to watch it, really. Okay. I am good. So does that mean we can't get you to watch Visions? Yeah, well, I'm not watching Visions, so I... Whoa, whoa, you're not watching Visions? No, I am so tapped out on Star Wars that's not Bad Batch, and oh, I, I, I you can't. Matt answered the no. I was going to say what the hell's Visions, I don't know what that yes, was. No, I... it's, uh, it is literal anime Star Wars, uh, where yes. they have anime studios making episodes yeah. of Undetermined. So, so one, how about I'm you about... nuke that from Orbit? It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> it has an amazingly well cut trailer, though. Uh, just, no, no matter how the episodes end up, sure. the, the editing sure. on that trailer is nope. just fantastic. Awful. I, there... Go ahead, Pete. 
I was, I was, I was yelled awful. I was done. <laughs> uh, I just want to say, my main problem with there's, I feel like there's almost too much Star Wars, and judging from my Twitter feed, I'm going to have to start muting Star Wars. There stuff. is too much Star Wars. There's just too damn much. Hey, right join now. the club, Matt. I have, I have muted tons yeah. of Star Wars terms. Yes, I know. Uh, Matt, however, watch, watch the trailer and tell me this doesn't feel fresh. I'm not saying it doesn't feel fresh. You, you, it's already, though, I'm at a saturation point with Star Wars, and, and it's anime, which I already don't enjoy. So, A, give me fresh all at once. I'm still probably not going to watch. So, um, yes, I just, man. That said, the Kira stuff, I'm, I'm here for. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's move on, shall we? Uh, so, every month on patreon.com slash TV, or patrons at one of the, the higher tiers that we have can make myself a corner read a book. Uh, we're going to do one on this episode. Connor uh is going to talk about noctera issue six yeah uh scott snyder and tom daniel this is i'm like 90 percent sure the end of the arc one because it's an issue six and you know they tend to be I two do. thematically a lot of this ties back to the first issue uh so it really makes sense and if it's anything like a lot of snyder's other creator own books it's probably taking a break after this issue i haven't actually checked the solicits but i will check in with tyler to know what i'm reading next month yeah uh, but i am fairly sure this will be on a break uh but uh, so sorry you can take it to substack which i, I hear is going to allow pornographic material well, because only fans is is removing it so uh yeah yeah uh, <laughs> long story was, short. There, was there ever a stranger business choice than uh, that? Uh, so weird uh, it's like long, we... long story short the last time my brother was here he was having issues with his email my wife went to help him <laughs> without any offering. He had said, ignore all the OnlyFans emails. <laughs> they send them out to you a lot. Which my wife, in all of her clarity, wasn't going to say anything about. Yeah. But he gave himself up. That's so as soon as, that, as soon as that news came out, I asked him how he was doing. Not well. He <laughs> says he still has till October. Um, still gets a lot of emails, too. So um, not everyone knows the story. So my brother... I love him. It's delightful news. He's a bit not all there. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it's a silly. I mean, it's like Burger King announcing they're going to give up burgers. Like, what? No, not Burger The Whopper. Because, you sure, OnlyFans offers, you know, a, a lot of stuff. Sure, I don't know. I've never been there. Uh, it sounds like you do know, Matt. It sounds yeah. like you do know. I am familiar uh, <laughs> with it. Oh, he's very familiar. However, most people go to Burger King for the Whoppers. And there's like Burger King going, yeah, we're not doing that no more. It's like, well, then I have no reason to go to Burger King. I'm pretty partial to the Royale. I had, I had one today. Yeah, I, I have literally never had a Whopper at Burger King. And I, I've really? had Burger King many times. I, I, I will say, I actually prefer the Whopper over the Chicken Royale. But Pedro likes the Royales, and they have an offer on the app where you get two meals. If you get the same thing, it's like two meals for like half the price. So <laughs> I just, I, I go, yeah, screw it. Fine, sure, I'll have the Royale. So, so Noctera, how'd this lead to OnlyFans? Uh, I <laughs> think that was Pete's I I, I wanted to I wanted to crack a, a Substack, substack. and wrote yes, it to uh, my fans. On Snyder's Substack, he's not actually publishing comics through his. <laughs> he is teaching his uh, a writing course. He is not teaching in any colleges for the mm. next year or two, you know, and instead is doing everything on Substack. Yeah, Snyder. Is this a humble bag? If I talked to when I when I met him, I got good vibes. When I, when I went to that signing, just different stuff uh, from. Uh, well, no, because you're you're praising him and saying he's a nice guy. It's not really much of a brag. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was just gonna say, lots of like, people have met him. Of... He's a lot of cons. I've met him. I've met him. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> but like when I when I went to meet, he was just 
a solid individual. You just get good advice from him. And then you find out he's using the Substack to teach. And it's like, that's that's something that I would pay for, you know, beyond comics. So, well, you know. That's real cool. If it's Ethan Lake only fans, I'm, sh- I'm sure he has to, like, flaunt it and, like, charge, like, extra for all the little bits and pieces. <laughs> Maybe that's what OnlyFans needs to do. They need to go and offer grants to comic creators. To, hey, come, <laughs> come and post your work on here. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll be part of the class, you, you know. Like, you, you tip... You know, ten dollars, and you'll rate your comic that you've you've, you've worked on. You'll read your comic script. <laughs> we'll go subscribe to Tynan's OnlyFans. <laughs> Those hot comics. Oh, last year I called the episode Tynan for the Quest for Peace. I, I don't know how I'm going to turn it into a porn pun for this week, but I'll I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'm, I'm sure there's ways. <laughs> Look, there's thousands and thousands of parody titles for you to choose inspiration from. Uh, I'm sure I'll find one. All right, Cole, tell us about Nocterra so I can uh, go to the gym and then yes. be there to watch CM Punk make his glorious return to wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted me to be quick, Matt. <laughs> but you know what? I always feel guilty about rushing through the Patreons, but like, I'm okay with it today. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I will be serious. Uh, as well, just, just a minute to compose myself. <laughs> uh, no, it is actually quite a good issue. Like I said very thematically ties back to the first issue. Um, every issue so far, this arc has kind of been building up on you know these these flashbacks uh, to the day and the day after. Uh, you know everything went dark, and it was all. Uh, I think the the first thing in the first issue was you know where were you the morning it hit, and that is such a recurring motif again in this issue in particular. Uh, with uh, with Val Tomer, how that doesn't really mean the literal moment. It's not like asking where you were on that moment. It's it's more of a uh, a question of faith. Like where were you when you lost the faith, you know, uh, of humanity or you know, whatever. And you know, she gives personal examples for her. You know, the darkness with her eyesight, not not the actual darkness. Uh, moments with her brother and. And and the counterpoint of you know you know the rediscovering that faith and rediscovering humanity and you know and those those same moments uh, coming back and seeing that the faith being yes some of these were shitty moments but they are you know important moments in their life and that that ultimately has you know led things for the better uh, and that's that's where a lot of this issue's thematic hook is uh, the plot is mostly. Tiberius, which is the guy running the facility, the the big thing at the end was he was working with Bill. Turns out he's been behind the whole time. He set his brother up and has been trying, you know, to to build these machines for his cabal. And he wants the notes for himself so he can go to EOS because he can only get in there once he's got this. Because his brother was the the actual smart one who designed all of the stuff and that they're using. Um, there's, you know, there's, a, there's a cool action sequence, bit of a shootout. Uh, then they um, they unleash the the human shades, which they had trapped in there, which we kind of saw behind the glass last issue. They actually let them out as a distract, distraction to like fight through them all. Uh, and it rips... Uh, well, well, not that one. It was, it ripped through like Bill, uh, Bill and that, who's you know, chasing them in the facility. Uh, and then uh, they escape. And they're outside, and uh, Tiberius has chased them. Uh, but then 
you know, they're, they're like, oh, what are you looking at? And, you know, you see the hands coming up behind him. And he is ripped in half, very literally in half. It's pretty glorious, actually. Uh, Daniel turns in some great art here. And this is uh, Gus, who is you know, the, the grandfather of the girl. This is who they were transporting through the whole arc. Bill captured him a couple of issues ago and let him turn into a shade. And, the, and his plan was he wanted him to kill his own granddaughter while he was a human shade. But somehow he's retained just enough of his humanity to kill, I mean, his brother here, but to save his granddaughter and the others uh, so that they can, you know, escape. And he doesn't chase them. And he, he communicates with them. He talks. It's, it's a very interesting lettering effect, actually, where it's so scratchy and, and weird. And then, you know, it, it, it turns into an actual human word. You know, he still manages to get the word run out. Uh, but the lettering is just... It's actually phenomenal. It's one of my favorite, issue, uh, favorite moments of this issue is just the way that this is done, the effect of it. It's so different to what we've seen from their attempted speech uh, in, in other issues. Just a bit more humanity still in there. Uh, and so they're, they're still being chased by all these shades that they let out. Uh, they get in their, their truck, but they've got no power. Like, hey, look, you know, we're, we're on a hill. Let's just keep going. You know, the, <laughs> We'll worry about what happens at the bottom of the hill when we get there. Um, but thankfully, this is where a lot of the narration about the keeping the faith kind of comes back in. There's, you know, a, a light at the bottom of the hill. Uh, you know, first it's like it's like a you know, oh, the light at the end of the tunnel sort of moment, and it's uh, it's all the people from the first base, that, you know, that, that that they'd come from, uh, come as you know back up and come to help them. They're they're there with all their trucks, you know, the big headlights blasting, and you know, take out the shades and and keep them safe. Uh, and and that's, you know, it has, you know the the moral of this is you know they can trust some of these people after all, you know humanity is is better as a civilization as as a society as opposed to just you know her and her brother is, is the ultimate message of this arc. Um, there's a bit of teasing as well, like being like you know uh, it talks about later when we learnt the truth about Bill or found Eos or when we came face to face with Knox, who's you know the, the villain in the Cabal that we learn about. It was like, okay, so you know, you're teasing there is story to come. I, I, I hope we get to see enough of it because this is Snyder, who has struggled with returning to some projects over the years. Yeah, American Vampire. More than that is, in a minute. <laughs> yeah. But don't get me wrong, a lot of good stuff, but if, if there is a, a downfall to Snyder, it would be the lack of commitment to finishing some projects. Which uh, is... But, <clears throat> yes, uh, I just mentioned that one, Matt. Sorry. It's all right. Matt's pay attention. Uh, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't. I was I was telling my wife, if you have to throw elbows, make sure you keep your hand flat because it gives you better leverage. Don't forget that, people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh... Uh, so the final piece of the issue is uh, Bill's still in there. He's survived the shades somehow. Uh, even though they were seemingly tearing him apart. Uh, and he's he's really interested in their language. That's all he cares about personally for some reason, uh, which obviously we, we don't know about yet. And he takes the thing that was like trying to translate it, the, the hard drive. Kind of looks like a, a robot head, to be honest, the way he's carrying it. Uh, and he, so he's still out there. Uh, he's a, a threat that will continue it. It does say to be continued at the end of this issue, so obviously the plans are for more. I just, I just hope there's enough because I'm really digging it. I really like this world. Um, it's a lot of fun, uh, and Daniel's art's great. 
especially you know, all the action pieces. Just really suits his stuff. I'm having a blast. Mm. Uh, it's, it's pretty a, it's pretty an eight, just about. I think I think the the way it ties back in uh, with with the early issues really does feel like this is the end of the the first trade. Uh, feels really neat in that way. Uh, yeah, I, I join it a lot. Okay. Uh, I'm going to talk about American Vampire Survival, the fittest issue one. So pivoting away from the main book for the first miniseries, uh, which is basically to say it's still Snyder, obviously, but we have um, Sean Murphy on the art for this. And in many ways, this feels equally relevant story-wise to the overall saga of American Vampire. Uh, we got Felicia Book being kind of the lead character, but Cash from the second arc as well. Uh, also, or was that the third arc? Whatever arc that was, in Vegas. That's the second arc. Yeah, that's, that's the Vegas arc. Yep. Um, so they're both in this. Uh, great sequence at the start of this. Uh, where Felicia is talking to like the editor of or the owner of multiple newspapers, and he's trying to explain to him that vampires have infiltrated several of his newspapers around the country, and that she's uh going to wean them out and take care of them. And he doesn't believe her. Obviously, he's like, ah, go to one of those stupid little tabloids down the street and. Tell them your stupid story. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, you can believe me or not, I'm still going to kill them. Like, you, you, like uh, it's just, it would just be easier uh, to deal with if, if you were... Because he keeps treating it like she's trying to like, get him to print this, and I never actually get the vibe that she wants him to publish it. <laughs> it's, this, is, this is more about just dealing... You know, you've got these vampires infiltrating, and he calls in his like sort of right-hand man, and of course this, this is one of the vampires. And she's like, all right, you want proof? So she pulls out a gun, uh, shoots him with a wooden bullet. Uh, there's a bit of build-up to it, though, so it's nice and tense the way it's building up to it, where she's kind of bringing up examples of how he's, like, buried stories until it's too late when it's been, like, other vampires that he's working for that have, like, left crime scenes or things like that. Uh, but, of course, he does vamp out once he's been shot and comes after uh, and she kills him. She does have a bit of extra strength, though, right? Which this vampire, as he's dying, kind of points out, you're not completely human. Uh, and of course, we know that Book was uh, infected with some vampire blood when she was conceived, and that's why she's a bit of a, not full-on blade, but she does have a bit of extra strength. She's a bit weirder, and so on. Um, but we actually get her going back to the vassal's, like, base, right? Which is, like, you know, secretly inside the American Museum of Natural History. And, mm -hmm. like, we get this sequence of her going into the secret elevator, and it's kind of like a school in there where they've got all these junior agents learning how to, like, look at vampire skeletons, and they're kind of geeking out when she walks past and stuff like that. This was really fun because we've had so we've had enough referencing to these vassals and Hobbs and Felicia at this point that actually getting to just follow her back to their base, they're kind of the kind of like Hellboy's got the the, the bureau and stuff like that, mm -hmm. or even like a Men in Black style thing. It kind of feels like oh, this this has been so built up that it's kind of just exciting to see it and see them function and see them like pick their next mission and whatever else. Um, so yeah, she has a big conversation with Hobbs, which is most of the rest of the issue, which is he is trying to talk her out of going on her vacation she's sort of built up she's she's going on like a, a month-long getaway and she's not telling them where and he's like hey there was this scientist who the germans uh, you know have right because obviously this is 1941 this story set so america's not quite entered uh not world, yet. world war ii yet and 
basically, this guy might have found a cure for vampirism. He may have okay. a cure. Are you smirking, Matt? <laughs> Connor hasn't moved in two minutes. <laughs> I'm just like, he's dead. Know. But the way, Connor, it looked like you were frozen, but I'm like, my feed's not frozen, so his, I don't think, is frozen. <laughs> I mean, I and could have been I, frozen. I know, but you were sitting perfectly still. Look, and I, I, just... won't, I won't lie to you. I'm, I'm reading one of Tynan's emails that just dropped in the last oh, hour. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt that. I just, I was getting giggles out of it because I thought Connor died. That's all. Okay. I was uh, I was at the my shop today to pick up this week's books because um, today is my only day off, and uh, and uh, D- Department of Truth first trade was just sat there by the till, uh, and you know I got paid yesterday. Oh, so I was like, oh, go on. All right. All right. And uh, basically, James was selling it to Matt on Twitter the other day, and I'm like, oh, yes. I think I want this book now. Mm. There you go. Cool. So, so yes. <laughs> So Felicia's trying story, bro. Felicia's trying to be talked in to taking this mission because they sent in an operative already, but he went missing and it's probable the Nazis got him. Uh but they don't know for sure. But they need to confirm if this is true or not. So and as we're hearing this debate, we see Cash, who's down in another part of the building with his son, who is of course infected with the vampire blood, mm-hmm. and is a monster in a cage. He's feeding him a rabbit, and it's all very depressing. It's all very dark and moody. Cash looks horrible, but he's like trying to talk to his son, and it's all very vicious and nasty. So it's sort of like given us a reason, like a motivation, why we really need a cure, right? It's not just because of the vampires who are already assholes killing people. It's like innocent kids who are just monsters with no intelligence, like this. And when she declines and says it's a bit of a wild goose chase. He basically confronts her with, no, I knew where you were going. You were going off because you thought you'd found a possible cure or something to change your blood. This is a real chance. This is something we can actually do. And kind of really sells her on it. And he's not quite said yet that it's a cure. Like, he's he sort of described it in a way, oh, it's something to do with, you know, this, this flower that reacts to sunlight and it, you know, affects blood. Well, it's a more potent version. So it feels like that's what it's building up to. But it's not quite there yet. And it's actually Cash who eventually appears at the door and says, a cure. He's talking about the cure. And she's like, a cure? What do you mean a cure? And he's like, no, not a cure. The cure for vampirism. And we're going to get it. So, and the other thing this conversation does really smartly is that it introduces the idea that she feels guilty about Cash's child. Like, that she feels responsible for letting that happen because that was her mission and it happened on her watch. So even though she's still kind of denying that this is a, a real thing that she should do and she doesn't want to be involved in it, the second that Cash is the one that says, we're going to go do this, you know she's going to agree to go with him because she feels guilty and responsible for what happened to his kid. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very well-told setup issue, which actually works really well, I think, for a standalone story. Even if you hadn't read any American Vampire, I think this issue would probably still work quite well, the way it's mm-hmm. told. Um, there's not a lot of action in it, other than the, the vampire at the newspaper office. But, I mean, honestly, if you want the story to be set up properly, I think you kind of have to take that that way. You have to accept that you're going to have to set stuff up before you get to all the action and the adventure, which obviously they're going to be on this trip and the next issue. But I think this issue is so good. It's setting up the motivations for the two main characters, 
mm-hmm. giving us a cool insight into this this the the vassals base and like because we've we've had so much of them being involved in the story up to this point arc number two onwards they've been such a permanent fixture so to actually give us this sequel to two of the main characters from arc number two and making it more personal and making it this adventure adventure something akin to what you may be getting like a indiana jones meets a horror story is just a fun idea so yeah, and obviously the art. Can really you guess what my favorite Snyder story of all time is? <laughs> um, you just explained it. I th- yeah, I think it summed up quite nicely. So th- th- yeah. honestly, this is probably like a nine out of ten, and I, 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 I think it's just so good the way it kind of like mixes the motivations between the conversation and what we see with Cash, mm-hmm. and how Cash's motivation becomes her motivation because she feels guilty and thinks she's responsible for it. All of that just sort of snowballs together so nicely and strategically that it's really well done. So, uh, 9 out of 10 for Survival of the Fittest issue 1. So there you go. So cool. Uh, just Real before quick, we... Pete. Oh, yeah. Um, Punk just posted on Instagram... Oh, yes. ...that it's clobbering time. <laughs> with the Sick of It All song. Can I um, can I bring in something more DC related instead, which sure. Pete might have been about to do anyway? Uh, go on. Uh, I I don't know if uh, well actually Pete might not done because he doesn't check his Twitter as often during the yeah. show as me and Matt do. Because <laughs> I'm a professional. A B C always be checking. There there was news. Okay, what's the news? Hurry up. There was officially a a new movie just uh just announced as in production. Uh, a Black Canary movie. Starring Journey Smollett. Oh, I did see by, this. Uh, this is by for, Misha Green. This yeah. is for HBO Max. It's not a for theater HBO movie. Max, yeah. yeah. But I mean, Misha Green, Journey oh, Smollett, Yes, please. Shane, I saw it because Shane tweeted something about it. I, I'll be honest. I am more excited for this because of Misha Green and Lovecraft Country than I am because of Birds of Prey. Because Birds of Prey was not that good, and yeah, yeah but Birds of Prey is the, the best of the modern DC movies. But by her, no, it's yeah. no, it's Shazam. But you know, well. I haven't seen Suicide Squad yet. I like Shazam yet. too. I like Shazam yeah. Birds, the new Suicide Squad, but yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway. But yeah. still. Anyways, Journey Smollett, though, she was easily... No, I like her. One of the strongest. Yeah, I like her, and she was she was fighting the movie, so yeah, like there's nothing oh, cool. wrong with this. Let's go, because I have... I, I have a date with CM Punk tonight, Yes, guys. I, I know, I know, I know. It's I'm, really fun yeah. watching my gadgets. I'm, I'm getting me late I'm for getting, my dance, like I, Captain America. I'm getting to the final segment. I was just going to say that on this week's episode of Stargirl, they very strategically uh, named an orphanage the Ordway Orphanage. Aww. So I was just, you know, I just wanted to throw in that, that that whole convention of naming streets and stuff after creators has definitely bled into the shows. And it's not the first time it's happened, but this one stuck out to me uh, when it popped up this week. So I just thought I'd mention it. I wanted to bring it up. Give it a shout out. And Stargirl's pretty good. People should watch Stargirl. It's, it's far from just streets and things. We have characters, such as Diggle. True, yes, yes. It's characters. Diggle. Yes. Um, but I thought that was nice. That was a nice thing. Um, uh, also, the shade popped up this week. So that's stuff we're building to. Uh mm. But yes, that takes us on to the part of the show where we pick our favourite things of the week. Favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and top five books, if or how many, however many we read, if it was less than five. <laughs> um, so we'll start with panel slash moment. And remember, it's okay if we overlap. It's not a big deal. Matt, what's your panel slash moment? Oh, um, it's it's going to be from Nightwing. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be with Superman. It, it's them sitting at the Daily Planet as the sun's rising on the globe and having, having the conversation 
it's such a great image. Two of my favorite characters, probably my top two favorite DC characters. That's, that's... It's not all comic book characters. That's fair. Brought, brought, mm-hmm. Yeah, brought, brought to life by Redondo. It's so good. Connor? Yeah, I mean, I, I, also from Nightwing. Um, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I know what Pete's going to be from Nightwing, in fact, uh, towards the end of the issue, I, I suspect. Um, but I'm going to go with one from a, a bit earlier uh, that does not have fabs in it. Uh, no, my, mine's just going to be the, the shot where he's on the roof, the helicopter's there with the spotlight down. It's just such a great image that even though it hasn't got some of the, the weight that some of the, the later moments, it's just such a gorgeous image that I just, yeah, no, I'm going with that. I'm actually not picking the kiss. I, I know you expect I, I'm actually a little bit shocked. but yeah. It's a great moment. It's, it's you know, I could probably do a top 10 moments from that issue of Nightwing. There were so many goddamn yeah, great moments. Yeah. You, you really could. But you really could. If I'm picking one, I'm actually also going with the Superman scene but not the same moment i'm going with uh asking to look out for john i thought that that moment really rung true to me and uh so it was this was like a double legacy moment because nightwing's a legacy character but then john's a new generation of legacy and it just it, they all fit it just it all clicked in a way that just, it worked but yeah yeah dick babs for life though uh just in case um so uh best cover of the week i'll I suppose i'll jump in here first for this one i'll say i do really like the regular batman catwoman cover with uh phantasm mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but I'm going to pick Nightwing's main cover uh, with the changing going down the stairs mm-hmm. it's just such a fun concept Um, so yeah uh, Matt what you got I mean as long as version's in play that's always an option <laughs> I was a little bit disappointed with the Catwoman variant I think it's fine but it's cat and bat it's, like, it's, it's almost... still good but it's not yeah. one of the versions in depth mm, yeah, yeah no um, the Supergirl variant's pretty cool I don't know who does it but it, it looks yeah, it's, it's Matt, a Mac yeah Okay, it's, it's pretty good. I like the colors. I think I think the proportions mm-hmm. are a little bit weird, but I do. Yeah, that's Mac for you, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I do like the Batman Catwoman, but I'm I'm just gonna go with Nightwing because it does remind me of. Yeah, of I, I I can't like, believe that Sasha Baron Cohen has kept this Bruno uh, character up so long that he's now doing comic art under it. But if anyone could do it, it was him. Him. <laughs> imagine if it was him though. Like, imagine, imagine. he lived as Borat for the second movie for like what a month and a half. <laughs> the dude's like, crazy and yeah, impressive, and that's what I say. And and obviously, you know, he can do, you know, very like you know, as a serious actor, you know, as well. Like, he, yeah, he, he can yeah, yeah. pull off dramatic roles. Right. If anyone could have pulled this off, it's it's, it's him. him. Yes. All right, Carl, what's your cover of the week? Yeah, I'm going having as well. We go. already <laughs> mentioned all the good covers. There you go. Like, okay. There are some really good ones, but it's it's not. Yeah. Alright, uh, so then Art of the Week, Clark can go first. Oh, oh, I get the easy option. It's Nightwing. Uh, e- e- even with Great Art and Catwoman. Great Art and Supergirl. And I'm sure you guys are going to talk about Clayman as well. Uh, yeah, but, also fantastic. But uh, yeah, I, 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 well, I don't doubt that at all. But it, it's Nightwing. Yeah, I'll make it quick. It's Nightwing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's Nightwing. Yes, yeah, there you, yeah, go. you, got, you got line work, you got colors, you got inks. Everything works in unison perfectly together. Yeah. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. It's uh, very nice. Very nice. Which I realize. <laughs> I realize it's, it's Borat and not Bruno, but you know what? I, like, I can't do the Bruno voice, so uh, I'll, I'll, no. I'll, I can t- do a half to attempt at Borat. <laughs> let, let, me, let me tell you, I would see Bruno, and the hardest I laugh is Harrison Ford's cameo <laughs> in that movie. I was not ready for that. It, 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 uh, yeah. I'm not surprised. Uh, all right, top five books, Matt. Ted it. 
Number one, Catwoman. Number two, I mean, number one, Batman. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, I'd love number two. That. You know what happened is I was trying to, to put Batman, Catwoman, and, and Catwoman into the two or three and completely overlooked Nightwing. But yeah, number one, Nightwing. Number two, Catwoman. Number three, Bat-Cat. Number four, Supergirl. Number five, Superman, The Authority. Okay, Car. Nightwing, Catwoman, Supergirl. Oh, someone had an easy week. Uh, I mean, hey, uh, there's half of Superman and the Authority in there, but I, I didn't even rate that. I don't think it was fair to, to, to all right, all right. did not finish. But I had a great week. Those, those were three fantastic books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm also going to have Nightwing, then Catwoman, then Supergirl, <laughs> and then Batman, Catwoman, and then Flash. I mean, I like all five of those books, so I mean, you know, uh, I can't, can't complain. But there's also all five books I read, so. Uh, but that just means I made wise choices. I, I did not read the books that would have dragged me down, and life has, balance has been restored. All right, that's, uh, that's, that's all our picks for the week. I will tell you what's coming next week from uh, DC Comics. Um, so coming up, we have Detective Comics 1042, Action Comics 1034, Wonder Woman 778, Robin Issue 5, Infinite Frontier Issue 5, Batman Superman 21, Wonder Girl Issue 3, Harley Quinn Issue 6, Superman Son of Kal-El Issue 2, Contains Academy Issue 6, Batman Reptilian Issue 3, Checkmate Issue 3, Wonder Woman Black and Gold Issue 3, Superman 78 Issue 1, Mr. Miracle The Source of Freedom Issue 4, Superman vs. Lobo Issue 1, Ruby Justice League Issue 5, and that's basically it. Um, so... That's like a lot, but honestly, given what I didn't read last month, I've actually got a nice tidy normal amount out of that list. What did you skip last month? Obviously, Reptilian. I didn't read Reptilian, I didn't read Batman Superman, so... Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, I, yeah. So, you know, and I don't read Wonder Woman, so I actually have a nice handy, like, I don't know, 70 I, I assume you're trying Superman 78, maybe. I am. I am trying and that. And then Superman Lobo is Sealy, right? It, yeah, but um, I don't have time. It's Lobo. I, with work. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a double like prestige book as well, I think. Yeah. Which, and and I have to get caught up on Wonder Woman and Superman. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's me too. And Detective. And yeah. <laughs> uh, no. uh, yeah. Honestly, though, I think it's a real. Sh- if that book had been out this week instead of next week, I I would su- suspect most. Of I, I have to say though, I am super hyped right now on Detective and Action, and they're both out next week. Infinite Frontier's been a lot of fun for the big DC stuff. Wonder Girl, obviously, has got you know, a lot of buzz. More Taylor Superman. Like, There's a lot of good things out next week. I'm kind of happy. And I will say this. We'll see if I read Checkmate, because I'm a little bit iffy on that oh, right now. Oh, the Bendis burn is setting in. The, the Bendis uh Here's, here's my thing. Why read Checkmate when you could just read Justice League that gives everything else away? <laughs> then P would have to be reading Justice League. Yes, I'm not so reading Justice League though. So, you know. Patreon, you know what you have to do. <laughs> I mean, it's difficult when it's double shipping. I can do this because I didn't open myself up to yeah. it. It's, so it's, I, di- it's I, difficult though when it's double shipping because you can't, I mean, unless you true. pay for two slots, I suppose, which, I mean, true. if you want to, <laughs> I'm not going to stop you, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but, uh, yes. So, there you go. Um, that's what's coming next week. Uh, it's some cool stuff, though. I'm looking forward to next week's books. I mean, to be fair, I think every week right now has at least a handful of books that I'm kind of pumped for, which is pretty much all all I need uh, in my... Yeah, as long as you've got, like, 
two, three, or four books that are yeah. like, oh, I'm excited for those ones. Yeah, yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, I'm in a good place when you feel like that. So there you go. Uh, that is that is basically the show. I will thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Borden Now, Al Tradesman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Excelsior! Stanley, not Stanley. I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, you can, of course, support us for as little as $1 per month at patreon.com slash TV and get some bonuses for your trouble. In particular, at the $5 tier, you get the show a day early. You get it sometime uh, on Saturday when it's out the oven, fresh and ready to go, as opposed to the usual time on the Sunday. So go and have a look and see if you're interested. But you can, of course, support everything we do for completely free by simply hitting like, subscribe, commenting on the YouTube channel, um, or giving us a five-star review and rating on the iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Um, not all of them have dedicated review systems, but some do. Podcast Addict does, uh, as, as, as I pointed out, some of the bad reviews that were on there from before. Uh, so <laughs> go check out uh, that and help us out that way. You can also follow us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast, uh, and feel free to share us out uh, amongst all your, your friends uh, who might enjoy uh, a DC Comics Podcast. Uh, that, of course, always helps. Uh, but that is pretty much it. Um, I suppose the only other thing to do is uh, check out uh, Mailfuzz TV and Mailfuzz Movies, those two YouTube channels for reviews of movie and TV content. Uh, I mentioned Stargirl. I reviewed that this week, so go check out that. Uh, so, there you go. And Heels, which we mentioned earlier, if you want, if you care about me talking about the wrestling TV show, Heels. I suspect most of them have had enough wrestling nonsense. It's, all, it's all a work, brother. <laughs> so it isn't. Don't work, you work your, yourself into yeah, a shoot. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was about to say work yourself into a shoot. Yeah, Jabroni Mark. Connor's the only Jabroni I see here. Yes. He really is. Do you know what? I look at Connor, I just see Jabroni. He's got such a Jabroni face. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what's hilarious? His beloved Paige loves The Rock. She does. Yeah. She's a mark for the she rock. Is. Yeah. She, she is. is. I mean, who is not? I mean, really. I mean, <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, it, it, it makes me feel like Hadley with Batman. Yes. The the, the rocks, like, by... Wait, rocks... wait a minute. You're... You feel like Hadley? Do you... Is there something you want to tell us? Are you in retirement in four days? <laughs> um, just thought there may be more than one reason I'm not here next week. Uh-oh. Anyways, but, all right, cool. Yeah, the, the Rock's bicep is bigger than Connor's head, so, you know. Yeah, well, Probably true for all of us. <laughs> he's bigger. You know what, though? He's I bigger know, now. Matt, I don't know. I mean, Matt's got a pretty big head. Come on, look at him. I do. It's uh, so, <laughs> only seven and a quarter circumference. Yeah. It's fine. Um, yeah, but that's big for a bicep, though. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, yeah. <laughs> he's bigger now than he is when he wrestled. It's oh, yeah, he's, he's like... way bigger now than he ever was when he wrestled. I think it's Hollywood. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, it's not, it's not Hollywood. It's called, there's not um, checks for steroids in Hollywood compared to wrestling. <laughs> From what I know about wrestling, there wasn't really checks. It was just don't get caught. That yes. was the, the check. You know, Brock Lesnar, come on now. Mm-hmm. Ted said, someone said, what if it's Brock that shows up tonight? And I go, I just don't see how far you get through Darby. <laughs> pretty far. I'm guessing pretty yeah. far. Yeah, buddy. All right, cool. Let's, let's do this. I got to, speaking of biceps, I got to go get a pump in. So, <laughs> you know. Clean right. banging. Well, thank you very much for joining us. This has been Cox from the Vaultiverse. And, of course, uh, we thank you once again. So, 
Um, it is also the night of uh, Rampage. At the time of record, obviously, by the time you hear this, Rampage will happen. It goes live in 15 minutes from when we're It does. Recording. I'm going to be watching and it live. I, I'm going to have to dodge my phone because I'm on the, the West Coast and it doesn't air yet. Although, you it, move, I, yeah, okay. <laughs> It's just that easy. <laughs> I'll just sell my house and move. Mask going to Florida. Mask going to Florida, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right, cool. Let's wrap this up. Get <laughs> answered. Thank you once again for joining us. We'll see you next time. Keep reading DC Comics and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Your arms are too short to box with God or something like that. I can't remember the full quote.